Hello, sports fans. This is Sellout Sports, coming to you from Bennington, Vermont, and remotely by from Rochester, New Hampshire. I am Tori Rich in Mike Mawson's apartment, and he, for the first time, a Sellout Sports debut by Mr. Parker Rush. And long time listener, first time caller type uh, of deal, right? Yeah, Parker? I, I think I think we we we've. Uh, invited one of our biggest fans onto the show, so it's uh, like if you listen, there are rewards. You know, it's it's out there for you. So uh, you know, let us know. And uh, yeah, so Parker's going to give us a piece of his mind in a second. Hit it, Mike. So we got to get right into it. It's um, number eight, Oregon at number seven, Washington. It is a battle of the yeah top two candidates on your Heisman list, right, Mike? Yeah, I had them one, two. And um, so this is, uh, you know, I mean, that's just like the one of the headlines. But obviously this is, I mean, this could be the battle for the Pac-12. I mean, there's a lot of storylines here. And I mean, we, we've been talking about it. it's like, you know, the winner of the Pac-12, as deep as this conference is, like like the winner of the Pac-12, as it stands right now, probably needs to be in the playoff as well. So. Yeah, I mean, unless the Pac-12 does what the Pac-12 has tend to do is just beat up on each other, um, which it usually has kind of started by now. We, we've seen a little bit of it uh, with Oregon State losing, um, but, but no teams, you know, not all the teams are obviously going to stay undefeated. But yeah, I mean, these are the two that have made the playoff before right like they're like usc's actually never represented the pac-12 in the you know in the playoffs uh since the new format um yeah i mean mid-october like you said two heisman contenders squaring off like it's it's kind of what more can you ask for top 10 matchup um it, it it should be a really really good game all right well let's stop being rude and let's you know let's you know introduce our guest right i mean can you tell we don't do this often? We don't. We don't have guests often. You know, we're, we're working on it. So, Parker, welcome to the show. Give us your thoughts. Oregon at Washington. Go. Yeah, I mean, I think um, this is for the Pac-12. I think USC has shown their defense is just going to be too soft to allow them to to beat. I don't. I don't. I don't think they win this weekend. I think Notre Dame beats them. But if they do squeak by Notre Dame, I don't see them getting by Oregon or Washington. Those those offenses are are a little too powerful. So I think Oregon Washington is for all the marbles in the Pac-12, and uh, I think um, it's to take a early slash middle of the season lead in the Heisman. Yeah, I think uh, that's an interesting point. Obviously, Caleb Williams is electric. Uh, but we, we know about the how suspect the defense is, which isn't if we dive a little deeper into this game, it's pretty interesting because, uh, you know, I have I have Penix Jr. as my one right now. I think, you know, he's been a lead. He's he's leading the nation 400 passing yards per game. Um, Eleven point eight three pass per pass uh, yards per pass attempt, which is just insane to me. Every time this guy throws a ball, it's a first down, essentially like that is 
talk, you want to talk about efficiency, that's efficient. Um, but Oregon seems to have maybe the, the more complete roster, right? Uh, they, they shut down Colorado. Their defense is actually uh, one of the better. It's a top 10 kind of across the board, no matter how you look at it, Oregon's is. And, and Washington's isn't. Uh, just diving into the stats a little bit. Um, and they're no flash, all substance. Yeah, no, <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, as their coach, as their well, coach would well, tell they're, you. Well, they're not there for. They're, they're not there for the clicks. They're there. <laughs> they're there. They're there for wins. Exactly. Right. They're there to be the third to allow the third fewest yards per play in the nation. Six fewest yards per game overall. They've had eighteen sacks. Like they can get to the quarterback. Um, it, it, and you know, Washington hasn't shown that ability. They have six sacks in five games. So, in terms of uh, you know toughest to play, you know tough places to play though, like is Washington a, a team that can that can even things out a little bit? Parker, I'll let you, I'll let you take the lead on that. I know Washington's a, a scary place to play at night. I know it sounds silly to say like it's a day game at Washington. Anything to be nervous about? What do you think about that? Um, I think like Washington is a sneaky scary place to play. Um. I think it's scary more for out-of-conference foes. Um, but, I mean, anytime you got a top-10 matchup, this much implication, you got game day there. I mean, all the eyes of college football are upon them this weekend. I mean, they're, they're the biggest game, um, and I'd say it's by a wide margin. Uh, big, big Ten's taking the week off this week. SEC doesn't have a single ranked um, matchup this week. Um, I think all eyes are on the Pac-12 this week. So, and I, I think with that, I mean, I think it's going to be a little tougher. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's nothing to scoff at. Um, you know, to that point though, also like Bo Nix has kind of seen it all, right? And he's a little older for your, you know, he's not Stetson Bennett or anything, but he's 23. He's, you know, he's played in the SEC. He's so. I think like the maturity factor might have you know come into play here as well, like where he might be. And, and Penix is twenty three as well, right? Yeah, he's like, older but, too. Um, but Started yeah. at Indiana, right, Parker? I think it was Indiana, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, for both of these quarterbacks, they are older, not not retirement level as Stetson Bennett was. <laughs> but I mean, you got. I mean, they were both bottom tier quarterbacks in very good leagues if not great leagues, um, they were chewed up, spit out, and they found their way to the Pac-12, and they really found a, um, a resurgence in their game. I yeah. Bo Nix was kind of a laughing stock at Auburn. Yeah, they couldn't and, wait to get um, rid of him. Yeah. No, they couldn't wait to get rid of him, and then they couldn't wait to get rid of the coaches. I mean, Auburn is a dumpster fire in itself. But, yeah. Uh, um, we Another one of those age gap things, because, man, Auburn was – powerhouse they they had like the a three-headed monster at running back when i was a kid and like they were yeah with cadillac williams right it, it was cadillac brandon jacobs and ronnie brown and uh, yeah so you 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 two have heard of those three yeah. and and they were all in the same yeah. backfield with uh jason campbell who was pro quarterback for yeah. uh, for the redskins at the time and yeah it's it's, it's kind yeah. of crazy how far auburn's fallen off yeah yeah you talk about age I mean, gap difference had... go ahead parker Oh, they had Cadillac Williams as their interim coach last year. That's right. That's um, right. Some, oh, they did. oh some, I didn't know that. Some, yeah, yeah. Some thought he should have kept the job. Honestly, I, 
I happen to agree with uh, that sentiment, but they they went with uh, Mr. Squeaky, Squeaky Clean. I forget his name, but he's the guy that coached from the hospital bed and got in trouble at a uh, Ole Miss for hiring hookers. So <laughs> they didn't. They didn't, they didn't no, yeah, I swear to God, he was but, he was doing that stuff. Yeah, who, Parker, yeah, Parker, we're on the air. Yeah. We're on the air. Prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, Hugh Freeze. I remember. I remember him. I remember him uh, coaching from the from the hospital bed. You said that was Louisville, right? Or, or... oh, is that Petrino? No, that or... was, oh, that no. Was, no, that, no, it was uh, Hugh Freeze. Freeze. That's that was the one. There we go. Yeah, yeah. That's which, a, that's... A, uh, which is a Christian school. So we went from hiring working girls to working at a Christian school and uh, he hurt his back or something, missed a game. And then the next week it was an away game at Syracuse. They were undefeated and he like didn't want to miss the game. So they wheeled him in a hospital bed in a gown and he coached from the coach's box. It, it, it's one of the funniest like pictures. Yes. Ever see. Yes. I remember, I remember that photo and it's just, it's a crazy, you know, turn because they they were trying to get out of their their last coach's contract because of uh infidelity right that like they were trying to to say that uh the last head coach cheated on his wife and and that was a reason that they didn't have to pay the buyout right that that was a story i do remember that they were gonna fire him for cause for his personal life yeah yeah so it's actually crazy so they had gus miles on as their coach who who didn't like do anything spectacular. I mean, he couldn't beat Nick Saban, which if you're firing people for that, then just line them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they got rid of him and then they brought him this guy from Boise state, Brian, I forget his last name, but they brought him in. And after his first year, they made up a rumor that he was uh, sleeping with a, a staffer. And uh, it came out that, it never happened. The email and, Aduka, uh, they Aduka tried Yeah, they, they tried to do that, but but unlike email, it, it didn't seem legitimate. So they didn't fire him, but it, it came out that that's why they were trying to. Yeah. And then it came out that they fabricated it, which is just... Just a, just a wild story. I mean, but I'll tell t- you what, I didn't have Auburn rabbit hole on my bingo yeah, card. Yeah, so to, t- <laughs> so to tie it all back together really quick. Bonix. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Bonix, but one, one last thing. You, you mentioned the age gap. So for, for Parker and I, Auburn is that feisty team at the end of the year that can upset Alabama. They, they, you know, Obviously, there was the Cam Newton year, and that, that's different. But other than that, in, our, in Parker and I's lifetime, it's mostly been feisty. Like, if it's at Auburn, like maybe they... They ruin Alabama season, which is you know what all great rivalries want to do. Okay, but, since we're on Cam Newton, can I make fun of Cam Newton as well? Yeah. Did you go. did you hear that that bit about like like no, I ain't coming back for five and a half million dollars. That's a waste of my time. Like, dude, like nobody wants you. Like you you, you don't get you to say in that. New England. Yeah, nobody <laughs> just, like, just treating us in hyper growth like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Have you, you've I seen just, his Twitter, I right? Just, like the way he t- I, he has, he I has probably, his own alphabet. I probably need to follow him because it'll be like weekly material. Because like I can't stand that guy. I mean, he's he's Odell Beckham oh, well, at quarterback, basically. That's like, well, if you follow him on any social media, he tweets in like hyper hyper hypoglyphics. Or yeah, it's it's oh crazy. hieroglyphics and it's just 
Hieroglyphics, thank you. Oh, he's uh, he's like, so he's like, he's like a higher is. order thinking than us. Is that yeah, what yeah, it is? That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, yeah, there yeah. it is. I, just I, to I show you. Let's let's not do some uh, injustice to OBJ. I think okay. I think he's up there with like Antonio Brown and craziness at times. But are you saying about Cam? Yeah, no, Cam is up there with like AB. Like. What's Kyrie Irving's excuse? Like at least at least Cam Newton has the man, brain damage. The man right? went to Duke. He <laughs> went to Duke. You know what I mean? But he like, went to, he he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't believe in the moon landing, right? Like he like all these things, and he went to Duke. What are they they? I don't feel like they're doing enough to disassociate from him. <laughs> like I feel like they should. They like, really aren't. They should like legally disown him. They should be like, no, we're taking all your credits or something. <laughs> like I don't know. But anyway, I Bo mean, Nix. He only played like 11 games for him. <laughs> So Bo Nix, I, I, I talked about Michael 80% Penix. 80% completion percentage. Yeah, 80.4. Like, that is insane. So, so like, you know, two crazy offenses to get back to this Oregon-Washington top 10 game. Um, <laughs> you know, Washington, number one total offense, number one passing. But what I, I talked about Oregon having more of an overall uh, kind of team effort. And I, I mentioned the defense, but I didn't talk about the offense. Uh, Oregon's the number two. They're the most rush efficient. They're the most efficient in the run game in the country. They average six point nine yards per carry, which is just insane. They have the number two. Their their main ru- rusher, uh, Bucky Irving, second in the nation with seven point eight six yards per carry. And they would have the number one, Jordan James, who's averaging eight point six seven, but he doesn't have enough carries. He only has thirty two. Disqualified. Yeah, Bucky. Bucky has fifty, so he's close. You know, he's close to that threshold. And you have two guys averaging basically eight yards per carry. I mean. With Bo Nix's, uh, you know, ability to be, you know, complete four out of five passes, that's a recipe for success. And a, and you know, to your point, a great running game also takes the potentially scary crowd out of the game. So. Exactly, and like I said, Washington's defense—it's not even top fifty. So, give, I, I think. Give me a prediction on the score then. With all that said, I think Michael Penix just finds a way to win. I think it's thirty-eight Washington. I'm going to go thirty-one. Oregon, 38-31. Does this all but seal the uh, Heisman voting for you then? No, you know, no, definitely then? not. No. I mean, it, it it keeps Michael Penix in the top spot. And if Bo Nix, if if Oregon wins and Bo Nix, um, you know, plays well, that, that probably jolts him to the top spot. But again, it depends on, you know, if Bucky is just, fi- is just eating up uh, Washington's run game, then, you know, maybe Bo Nix is too maybe Caleb is one depending on what happens I mean it's, it's again as Stephen A. Smith always says the list is fluid you know I don't I don't have to vote quite yet <laughs> so I, I have some time uh Parker I know you want to get into your Heisman voting let's we'll, we'll tease the uh we'll tease the listeners well that's something that uh they can look forward to later in the show stay tuned but yeah what do you guys think you guys right, give me a score what, uh oh me well all right I'm gonna I'm gonna be the contrarian and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Oregon keeps it low scoring with you know with the with the tough running game though and I think they're gonna win 24-20. 24-20, I respect it. What do you got, All Parker? Right. So I actually agree with Tori here. I think Oregon gets the dog, but I don't think it's low scoring. I think it's 45-38. Fair enough. I don't know. I don't know if you guys are respecting the uh, tailgaters and boats enough. Is As that you should be, Tori? You know that's a thing, right? Wait, what's up? At Washington yeah, games, they, ta- they they yeah, it's sailgating. They tailgate in boats. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, 
That's good. That, that has to be on my yeah, bucket there's a, list. There's, a, there's, like, there's like three teams that do it. It's Tennessee, which that'd be crazy. Washington and Baylor, which Baylor is a Baylor. So, yeah, Baylor. There's water right in the ba- river in Texas. Oh, okay. Fair I enough. guess so, yeah. They, oh, like on they, the, they on the river? New stadium. Yeah, they built a new stadium on like a big, like either lake or on a like a big river. Hmm. That you can sailgate there. I need to. I need to air a grievance here, guys. I so I I saw that Mike had 18 sacks for Oregon's defense on the on the on his notes. So I looked up. I was trying to look up Colorado Oregon game because Shador got sacked like seven times that game, right? Uh, probably. I mean, yeah. But I can't find the number because the freaking box score doesn't have it. So it's like. So yeah, I I guess that is that is worth noting uh if you play colorado your sack numbers are probably bumped up a just, little bit just a small caveat yeah, just a little yeah, just a little the, bit. The, the point here is i'm more mad about the fact that i can't look up defensive statistics what three weeks later yeah that's what the tough. hell is this that's tough but yeah i didn't sh- i didn't shed any love on the on the defensive guys themselves uh jordan birch uh for oregon leads a team with three sacks so he has half of of what the whole washington team has six tackle for losses uh, he actually played at Washington before, so it'll be a revenge game for him. Um, uh, outside linebacker, I think, you know, edge rusher. Uh, day two prospect in the NFL, they're saying. Um, and I, I don't think I have anybody on Washington's defense because they're just not very good. They do have eight interceptions, but I think that that boils down more to teams trailing and just trying to pass it and, and try and get him back in the game versus uh, opportunistic opportunistic defense, I think. All right. Also, I'm pretty sure. That, oh. Nope. Go ahead, Parker. I'm, I'm pretty sure that this is both teams' like first big test. I know Oregon played Colorado, but I mean, I love what Colorado's doing. I know you guys do as well. But uh, I mean, they're not there yet. Like, yeah, I mean, they they barely yeah, just they're, they're they, not there yet. They just had to orchestrate a game-winning drive with no time left to beat Arizona State. Yes, also been half watching this Chiefs uh Broncos game. Not that I'm not that anyone's surprised that the Chiefs are going to be pounding the Broncos, but Kelsey's having a hell of a game. He's got like 120 yards. He's doing it for Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh this is his revenge game. Taylor's version. Revenge era. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to lean into it. As annoyed as I am about the Taylor Swift stuff, I just I, 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 I we kind of got ahead of it a little bit. So we're, we're allowed to. That's true. We were kind of like yeah, on the cutting edge. I'm pretty sure that's why everyone, you know, heard about it, actually. Yeah, exactly. What did I say? Oh, yeah. yeah it- so uh, so our editor at work today, she said, she, she was like, Billie Jean King is everywhere. And I was like, yeah, well, Austin and I mentioned her on the on the podcast like three weeks ago. And I, like, I put her in tomorrow's paper, too. Yeah, and so I was like, yeah, that's, that's probably why. Yeah, exactly. We, they got the sellout sports bump. That's, we're that's we're like influencers. Oh, this is an awkward play. Kadarius Tony. Oh, he's got a arm. Bad, bad decision no, to throw yeah, it. But anyway. Yeah, no accuracy, but... <laughs> All right, we are off the rails officially. Let's let's bring this thing back home. Okay, so so I had a segment planned here. We were talking, we, you know, we're, we're talking Knicks versus Penix, right? So, like, guys, you know, obviously, you guys have a little uh, better memory of, especially recent college football matchups. So I was like, what are the just the best midseason, you know, Heisman candidate battles that you can remember? And like, I mean, the first one that came to mind for me was Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson in 2016. They they obviously played a great game, but any any that, that just spring to mind right off the top of your guys' head? Yeah, that one. Before we get into others, that was just like 
classic offense there. Uh, yeah, no, it's classic. And actually, me and Mossman watched it together in his, uh, in his dorm in Arizona State. Oh, I don't remember that. That is true. Yeah, wow, what a yeah, throwback. It was, it was you, 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 me, and Andrew were, were watching it in your dorm that night. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, to answer your question, um, you know, the Sam Bradford-Colt McCoy game in 2008, I think, is another one where they were both, like, you know, highly in contention. Obviously, Sam Bradford just killed it at Oklahoma. And Colt McCoy, Texas was back, back in 2008. Uh, but, you know, probably not back now. Um, Parker? Uh, don't sleep on them yet. Yeah, yeah, you I know. Think gonna, I think there's going to be a rematch in the Big 12 title game. I'm, I don't want to bury them yet, but... I'm saying don't sleep on Colt McCoy yet. I, th- I still think the Jets should have signed him when they were... Yeah, yeah, no love for Colt McCoy out in the <laughs> desert, huh? I mean, just... I mean, Josh Dobbs has been playing well, but I mean, give that man a chance. Yeah, I, I, just, I think the Jets should have signed him when he was on the street, or he still is. I mean, yeah, I think the Vikings should sign him. We'll talk. We'll talk yeah, more we'll talk about, about that in a second. Another yeah. tease. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, so Bradford McCoy. So, guys, like it's obviously. I think there's like three more. You know, quarterback versus quarterback matchups. We can talk about. You're the Heisman voter, so I'll defer to you. But I just want to throw this out there. You know. Got to get, got to get some defensive players, some non, some non quarterbacks on there. So in 2019, Chase Young was on the the Heisman finalist ballot, and he and Jonathan yes, Taylor sir. both were, and they played against each other. I'd say Jonathan Taylor won it. He went for 150 yards in that game. It's not really, it's not so the fun, same. It's not apples and oranges, right? Because yeah, you can you can so scheme for one defensive lineman. So fun, fun fact about this: uh, our our guest today told me that the Buckeyes were going to shut down. Jonathan Taylor, and they were going to hold him to, I believe, less than 50 yards rushing. Oh, damn. Are you holding receipts oh, from actually, four, four years no, ago? No, this is actually no, this is actually a different game. Oh, okay. I said that about Melvin Gordon. Oh, mm-hmm. name your, name your Wisconsin running back. It was in the Big Ten uh, title game in 2015 when uh, the Ohio State University went on to win 59 nothing. So uh, to um, our listeners, oh, Parker Rush is a big Ohio State fan. and, and Is and Parker one of those people with, yeah, the, the, with the V? Yeah, Ohio. you just heard it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if he was doing yeah, it. I, no, it's not ironically. a bit. That is. That okay. is. Okay. Um, we trademarked it. It's, it's V. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Parker, talk about Chase Young and, you know, just a little bit just the factory, you know, you guys are kind of a factory of uh, wide receivers at this point, but you guys were definitely like a factory of edge rushers at that point between the Joes, uh, the Joes, the Boza brothers and, and Chase Young and, and, you know, all that. Yeah. So, I mean, we have probably the best defensive lineman coach in the country and Larry Johnson um, is a really great recruiter. Uh, as you said, he brought in Boza, Chase Young, but he also brought in other names like Sam uh, Sam Hubbard, yep. who's uh, I'm pretty sure a defensive captain on the uh, Bengals, who was nasty. It was a uh, him and him and Nick Boza for a year, and then when Boza left, it was him and Chase Young. And Chase Young really didn't produce uh, much until his junior year, which is the 2019 year or 2018 year. Um. Because he was behind Nick Boza, Sam Hubbard, but uh, yeah, talk Chase about Young, an embarrassment of riches. Got, yeah, no, I mean we definitely have some embarrassment of riches. I mean we had the quarterback, we had Joe Burrow, and we just let him walk. Granted, I think uh, Dwayne won that battle, but we let 
we let probably the best Heisman winner. Like, yeah. he had probably the greatest college football season ever. We just let the guy walk. And uh, I, definitely I, regret that. This one just occurred to me, Parker. Do, do you know who Haskell Garrett is then? Haskell Garrett. Yeah, I do. He uh, got shot in the face. Wait, Haskell what? the Rascal. Wait, what? He got shot in the face? Yeah, he uh, he was a defensive lineman for the Buckeyes. Group. Yeah, no, no, I, he was, and I, well, Jesus, uh, no, I was just I was just name dropping because I trained with him out in Vegas for like a day with uh, yeah, he <laughs> he hired uh Norm Turner. He was our strength and conditioning coach at the MMA gym out in Vegas oh, at, at Syndicate. Yeah, he's just. It, his like I, I'd say like his first claim to fame was uh, he trained Gina Carano. You guys are familiar, right? Okay. You, you, Parker, you know who Gina Carano um, is, right? The name sounds vaguely familiar. So she was she was Ronda Rousey before Ronda okay. Rousey. She was like okay. the first big female MMA star. She's um uh, the first Deadpool movie. She's the one that always had the toothpick in her mouth. Oh, okay, yeah, that's, yeah. That's Gina oh, Carano. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, so like that was like I think that was like Norm's like first big gig is he he trained her, but he was like a security guard out there and everything. Anyway, so yeah, he tortured us on Saturday mornings, and uh, Haskell was there with us one day. But um, but, yeah, no, but yeah, so we're kind of burying the lead because so yeah, what the hell happened? It's not like I stayed in touch with him or anything. Yeah, no. So um, the, I think the story is is there was a fight across the street at his apartment wherever he was, I know it was on the West Coast and maybe it was in Vegas. And um Yeah, he, he went to yeah, he went he to Bishop ran, Gorman. Yeah, he went to run to the rescue of the woman that was in need and uh there was a shot fired and it like went through his cheek. Jeez. Jesus he, Christ. He, he missed it. Yeah, that happened in the summer, I think three years ago. Yeah, okay. So it was came back. It was recent, yeah. He was a recent player, right? Yeah, he definitely was. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I do remember this. Okay, I, w- I was wondering if it was an old timer. Or... Okay, yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, so he got shot in the face, and he missed the first like two or three weeks, and then he came back, and no one really uh, was saying why he was missing time, and then um, it came up that he, he got shot. Jeez. And uh, that it, it wasn't no, it was non life threatening, but. He had to recover from that, and then uh, he killed it for us for two years. Gus Johnson, who's like one of my favorite uh, announcers, would refer to him as Haskell the Rascal. That's a great. I can hear I him saying. I don't that. know if he's. I don't know if he's in the league now, but I mean, I know he graduated, and he, he left the program. I, I do see an article about like preparing for the NFL. He, I wonder if he was like a priority free agent, and maybe he's still floating around or something. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Wow. Uh, but yeah, going back to to the uh, Heisman candidates, uh, Tori, you got you got a offensive lineman here. Oh yeah, I was just being a dick um, because so yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got I, offensive lineman and uh, and the last defensive player. So Woodson won in '97. Pace's senior year was '96. I just I have to mention it because when I was a football coach, I was you know basically the O line coach at the high school. And, uh, yeah, so Orlando Pace is the guy that basically is what the term pancake was invented for, or, or at least popularized. That's with. pretty cool. That's a cool um, yeah, claim no, to fame. Yeah, no, he definitely popularized it. He's, he, um, he's probably the best lineman yeah, like ever. Hard. I mean, 
Guys, there's like, like there's 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 a clip out there. I can't remember who he chases down, but he chases down a wide receiver. Like he's just he is the definition of freak at offensive line. Honestly, you know, it's funny. He's it's another one of boy, but he could move. He could definitely move. And he he was like the example that I would show kids, like I would show film of, and obviously they wouldn't watch it because kids <laughs> kids just don't give a shit. But um but yeah, he was the he was the guy, like the the shining example that I would put before them. But yeah, so I so as far as a Heisman battle, I mean, he he had to have played Woodson the year before. I'm I'm trying to think if there was like if there was a screen pass where he got out there and just laid Woodson out or anything like that. God, I hope he did because Charles <laughs> Woodson's a fraud. You talk you talk about you know the epitome of like working hard, and then you see Charles Woodson strike the Heisman pose, iconic iconic moment, but like no, that kind was of Desmond. like that was Desmond. Oh, Desmond, right? Da 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 da. Yeah. Getting my I mission. mean, they're one and the same. Like both of them, kind of lackluster <laughs> years for a Heisman winner. But uh, <laughs> I mean, wide receivers, returned, wide receivers returned, and corners are one kick. <laughs> <laughs> wide receivers and corners are just kind of dirt bags anyway. That's uh, that's half of sellout sports, you know, position. So <laughs> especially yeah, that half especially wide receivers. I agree wholeheartedly, but. But with those two, I mean, definite scumbags. <laughs> Spoken like a true Ohio State fan, Parker. I, all right. I, I, I gave Desmond Howard a word or two when I saw him. Wait, what? <laughs> really? So, uh, we went to game day. I, I was screaming at him. Yeah, we went. Uh, what was that 20? It must have been 2019, right? Yeah, it was 2019. We went to the Penn State Ohio State game. In Columbus. Game yep. day was there. As was Rare college. Or uh, as was. Big Noon Kickoff or whatever Fox's is. Kickoff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big Noon Kickoff with the god himself, Urban Meyer, who I think <laughs> gets too much criticism on this podcast. He certainly doesn't get a lot of praise. I mean, well, you should. Okay. He's well, a genius. I, hang on. I'm going to entertain this. Offer your defense of Urban Meyer, please. Okay. So, obviously, in the NFL, absolute scumbag, jackass. Did not deserve the job. So what you're and saying is Michigan State fresh off their fresh off their scandal should hire Urban Meyer. That's what that's what they need. Well, I think uh I think they want that, but uh Urban already told him like he told his representatives to let them know like he's not interested whatsoever. So too close to home for Parker. Because I mean, then you know, Ohio State, I hate to say it, you know, Ryan yeah, Day, no, UNH guy, I, but uh, um, I, I think Parker would be very nervous if if uh, Mr. Meyer earned it, ended up in East Lansing, Michigan. Yeah, no. If Urban Meyer came back to the Big Ten, another school other than Ohio State, I'm quivering in my boots. <laughs> but at least, at least I know, and that's not sarcasm. I would honestly be scared. Wait, d- wait. But was was Parker I, a kicker for your team? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, he didn't get kicked by. By anybody? Nah, nah, but I, I know we won't go to Michigan, so I I don't have to fear for that. So I was gonna say, Parker, you don't sound like a nineteen-year-old girl at a bar either. So I I don't know. Yeah, your orifices are, are safe. Yeah, well, he did he did he did take those two fingers and just, <laughs> just shoot them right up. All right. Oh wait, no. We're t- <laughs> I, I was trying to censor him. <laughs> 
Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I thought I, I stopped. I this, stopped. This is a, this is, this is a family show, Parker. We're gonna be, yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna be on community uh, television. Yeah, seriously. Jeez, whoa. Oh, jeez. Oh, me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you, have you to. You can be talking about Urban Meyer. I'll say some things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go to confession after this. That's how it works, right? I don't really know. Urban Meyer right. should. That's <laughs> all I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Whew. Man, <laughs> I don't, guys, we're like half hour in. We gotta move this along. Um, all right. Um, we already touched on USC Notre Dame. Um, you know, honestly, I'm not really. I'm not really impressed with either of these teams. So. Um, that being said, Notre Dame's at home. Hopefully that'll help iron out some of those O-line issues that just disgusted me in that Louisville game. The rotating guards and centers, issues with their right tackle, who was a first-round prospect. Not great. And then, um, uh, yeah, and then, I mean, even Alt didn't look, that, didn't look great, and he's a top-ten prospect. Um, at home, obviously that, that probably helps things. Or... It's the cure for the USC defense that, you know, can't stop anybody. Maybe maybe this is their week, but on the road, I don't really see it. Notre Dame probably figures it out that, yeah, we should probably hand the ball off to our running backs more than 15 times in the game. Uh-oh. Are we... Are we the uh, the curse on the like, the pregame show? Like, is if we had three photos right now, like Parker, Rich, and Mawson, are we all we're all picking Notre Dame? So, Ooh. so, uh, so I might gamble. <laughs> if you're a gambler, you might want to pick USC if that's the case, because I think I think it's the same thing. I'm the stat guy tonight. Um, USC outscoring opponents by 24 points a game, right? So you you think that they'd be outrushing their opponents? That's not the case. Uh, they're being outrushed just by slightly, 1167 to 1140. But you, you figured when teams trail, they're going to have to go down and they're going to have to pass the ball. That just tells you that, yes, USC's defense is bad all around. We've seen it with explosive plays in the passing game, but they can get run on too. Um, and obviously that's what uh, Notre Dame at its best right now is definitely handing the ball off to their running backs and uh, – like like you said, if they if they figure out the offensive line game, I think yes, Caleb Williams is explosive. Reigning Heisman deserves the praise, but that defense is it's going to catch up to him event, eventually. And I think you know a game in South Bend is is a good opportunity for that to happen. But what if it doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I, I'm just saying like what if what if USC survives one more, and then well the thing is right like if if USC goes up early that like it's the same conversation um like we were so wrong about georgia kentucky it's the same conversation with that like the the quarterback play heavily favors usc i think we can all agree with that yeah um so if usc builds a 14 nothing lead it the irish shouldn't abandon the run but maybe they do and if they do they're in trouble yeah no I, and yeah who know? yeah if this usc defense can just kind of tee off on hartman and an offensive line that seems to be having issues and, you know, like can't figure out who they are right now. Um, then yeah, you might be right. You know, like if you can make, if Notre Dame becomes one dimensional Hartman has, I mean, between bad He's, protection and Hartman's shown that he can make a mistake. So, yeah, I think you said a couple episodes ago, like gamer, maybe not the best quarterback, but so, so if, in a close game, I'm probably, I'm favoring Notre Dame, but 
if it's if again if it's more if it's two touch or yeah two touchdowns plus there I think they're in trouble. Parker, what do you think? Um, so I agree with like every take. Um, I do agree that Caleb Williams is the better quarterback. I think if USC does attack Notre Dame on the offensive line, like maybe Notre Dame's in trouble. But I haven't seen anything from this USC defense. <laughs> And you're not the only one. I don't think anybody in the country has. You're yeah. Right. Well, and that's the thing. Like, did, I mean, how often do defenses? How often do defenses actually get better? Because it's so much more about talent and instincts and everything like that. You don't usually figure things out defensively. Mid-season o- offenses kind of can hit their stride. You don't. You don't we, hear. We've about, talked about tackling improving as like, but that's like a week one to week two. Like, if you're not tackling in week two, you're probably not tackling for the rest of the year. Yeah, or like at least after the first few weeks, right? right? Like we're mid season now. USC still looked just yeah. suspect as being kind, but we'll say suspect. And Parker, I know you. You, uh, I'm blanking on the defensive coordinator, USC's defensive coordinator right now. But oh, Alex Grinch. Yeah, <laughs> the Grinch. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like that yeah, to people in LA. You're a mean one. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, so Alex Grinch has followed, or he's been with Lincoln Riley since, I want to say, like, 2017, 2018. He was actually at Ohio State and before that. Oklahoma, he was. Um, I do remember that. We didn't have much success with him, and I think Urban dropped his ass after one year. Yeah, he was um, only there. He was in Columbus for one year. Yep, you're right. Yeah, I think I think we went from Alex Grinch to Shiano, and I mean, the Shiano defense was much better. But yeah, no, I mean, I haven't seen anything from this USC defense to tell me that they're going to attack the offensive line. I mean, they played Colorado. I don't remember honestly too many sacks in that game for a Colorado game. Maybe like they had four. But like against the Colorado team, like four isn't a lot. Yeah, like that's a bad, that's a bad week minus. against Colorado, which is funny to say, but it's absolutely true. Yeah, sorry to interrupt for a second, guys. Just not for nothing, we're almost at the end of the third, and Kansas City's only put up sixteen points on Denver. Yeah, so, I uh, mean they had they had, Mahomes had an interception early, and he had one. He had a second one called back. I have said this since the beginning of the year. They have offensive line issues. Obviously, I haven't been paying attention that close of attention to the game. But their tackles suck, and I, I, I'm going to go back and watch the film and see if that's part and, of the problem. And you know my take, man. This is just an, another feather in my cap about you know the offense not firing under all cylinders that's with, true. with the yeah. coaching change. You so. did say that. That's true. Um, all right, back to the Notre Dame. Though. You know, on the other side of it, Caleb Williams didn't look good last week, and now he's going to go on the road to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame only allowed four passing touchdowns this year. So – you know, could it be the start of, oh, oh my God, maybe Caleb Williams isn't the first overall pick. Who knows? Like, I mean, you know, two bad weeks. I, I don't know. Like, I think most teams already kind of know, you know, but but the film is usually where they decide, not, you know, not at the combine. And I don't know, maybe maybe this is the, maybe this is where it happens, or maybe this is Caleb Williams, you know, moment where he gets back into the Heisman spotlight. But I, I don't know. I think, yeah, with, no, with Notre Dame's running game, and they are solid defensively, and uh, you know I think I think the loss to Louisville last week is way more on the offense. So, yeah, I I, I think I think it could be on on that end of it too. I think Caleb Williams could be in for another rough game. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for this one for sure. I think it's going to be a good game. But to tail on the uh, the number one overall draft pick, take, 
I just think that there's so many bad teams in the NFL that need a quarterback. And the narrative that he's like the next Patrick Mahomes is going to submit him as the number one overall pick. Yeah, but Jake I think May is probably. You know, you know. I think. Jake, Speaking of your boy, Justin Fields, though, because like Mawson and I have talked about this before, how the comparisons were unfair to Fields. It's going to be unfair to Caleb Williams, too. I, like, not to mention, I think the comp is much more like more like Kyler Murray, right? You yeah, know, I, I think Kyler Murray is a much better example because he also does manipulate yeah, the no, pocket. I like, I think that's what they see. I think that's the main one with with um, Patrick Mahomes is the way he manipulates the pocket and will go up to the line of scrimmage and then go back and manipulate defenses. But Kyler Murray does that too, and Kyler Murray's body, yeah, no. body size is much similar, and yeah, and um, Kyler Murray's same same coach same, probably getting traded yeah, this offseason. Same offense, yeah, same system. So I mean, like we we've seen that Lincoln Riley systems are are quarterback friendly, and uh, you know can put up points, and part of that is because they don't have a defense, and that's why I think the Irish win. Well, there we go, uh, Parker. Uh, make fun of Mario Cristobal for a second. Because we're moving on to Miami UNC. And that was that had to be. So I didn't see it live, but I saw it like maybe like two or three minutes afterwards, and I immediately texted Mike. Like, he goes, "Please tell me you saw how Miami lost." He, he calls me. He texts me. Calls me, and then he goes, "When you see this, just watch. Just see how Miami lost." <laughs> you know, it's like whatever, like midnight or whatever, and I'm like, "Oh God, here we go, dude." I can't think. In a for a one game, I can't think of a more epic collapse because it was really just it was two epic collapses. That's I mean to to even to even give up the touchdown. Never mind the fumble, which we already talked about wasn't a fumble. But yeah. but you never should have put him in that spot. I think they I think they brought that to the ACC too. What fucking losers being like this wasn't a fumble like under protest type of thing. Oh, after well, ah. yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They tried to they tried to like claim that like his knee was clearly down. It, it was, yeah, but I mean, you make you made your bed his, now lay in it. His elbow was down. Yeah, it was, it was his like, elbow. Yeah, you're right. Um, something was down. Something was down. I think both might have been down. I don't know. Um, I, what I thought was more loser mentality, and I, I said this on the last episode, was Cristobal saying like, "Oh yeah, in the timeout we talked about two hands on the ball," and it's like, like, yeah, I'm basically. Not just taking I'm me. fighting. I'm fighting for my job. Like, dude, protect the player. Like that. Just, just do right. the right thing. You're an idiot. You, you shouldn't have run the ball. And then the offensive coordinator tried yeah. to take the blame for it too. It's like, like, no, man, you're the you're the head guy. Well, it's, it's on you, especially in the at the college level. Right. You want to hear a little funny nugget? Absolutely. This, this isn't even Mario Cristobal's first time losing like this. He did this in 2018 when he was at Oregon. He had a he had a chance to take a knee and finish the game off, and he ran the ball with, uh, I want to say it was A.J. Waddell or Lydell or something, and uh, they ended up fumbling it against Stanford. Stanford drove down the field, tied it, forced overtime, and then they lost in overtime. Stanford on the so, exact same situation. So I mentioned Nick's, like uh, last episode, I mentioned Nick Saban versus Cristobal, right? Like, you know, that's that's the difference. Nick, I was watching the McAfee show earlier. Nick Saban was on, and he was talking about. Um, I, I was texting Parker about this in, in live time too, like the Bama Texas A and M game and how we manipulated the clock, the clock late. And he was talking about on the first down they had a chance where they could have kneeled it four straight times, but a Bama receiver caught the ball. They weren't sure if his knee was down or not, so they rushed for a play. 
they had a, a swing pass out to the wide receiver uh, and it ended up being incomplete. And everyone's like, what's Bama doing? Why are they throwing in this situation? So what happened was uh, Saban described it. It was, it was just a wide receiver screen, but the running back thought it was uh, a RPO. And so he bumped into the quarterback, which threw his arm off and, and threw up the incompletion. But then, you know, they, so now they can't, now Saban's explaining it. He's like, now we can't knee it, knee it. We have to actually run plays. So they run a couple, they run it twice in a row. And then there's seven seconds left. And Saban's like, you know what? We, we practice this all the time. We, if we roll out right and you throw it into the stands, that takes seven seconds. He goes, and that's exactly what happened. And it, it's just crazy to see the differences in power five programs between coaches. Like Nick Saban is one of the best, if not the best college football coach ever. And that's just like yeah, one small, no that's just one small detail that can literally be your season's over or you, you extend and you win. And he even did that without playing Madden. Like he, <laughs> like, like, like all of our clock management skills come from, from playing that yeah, in seriously. NCAA. Right? So, so that's a long about way of saying, you know, how does Miami respond to that debacle last week? If you're in that locker room, you have the game won and it's just ripped away. Probably get their asses kicked by Drake. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I don't know. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't put it past Miami. They they're on the precipice of of being quote unquote back. Um, it would have been great if they won last week, because that would have set this game up perfectly. Because I mean, this is for the second seed in the ACC title game against Florida State, which both teams still have to play. But, I mean, well, yeah, don't yeah, don't don't forget about Louisville. I mean, see, I I, I kind of like Louisville you, right you, now. No, 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 no. You can you can sleep on Louisville. <laughs> they're they're a great story, and it's Jeff Rome's first year, so you uh, they're going to lose eventually. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it's not. I I mean, I'm I, I was shocked that they beat Notre Dame. I was absolutely shocked. I mean, I did watch the and game. they beat them handily. Yeah, it really. wasn't they, a fluke win. It was not fluky, but... Uh, they, it was old Notre Dame is what it they're was. They're just going to lose. It was Brian Kelly, yeah, Notre Dame. Was, yeah, I think Brian Kelly transferred back in time to his old stomping ground. He morphed into Marcus Freeman for a night. Yeah, well, Marcus Freeman is on borrowed time. He's just waiting for Ryan Day to win a national title at Ohio State, take an NFL job, and then he's going to... Return to his album audit, but interesting take. So you mentioned Ohio State. Um, let, let's get into that for a minute. Uh, I watched that game against Maryland uh, on Saturday, and I got to tell you, I wasn't really impressed with with Kyle McCord too much. Um, he underthrew guys down the field. One of them was pretty long, and I'll excuse that. But there were two others, uh, I believe, two to Marvin Harrison Jr. that were just complete underthrows. Uh, he he made it. Marvin Harrison Jr. made a good play, came back in the ball and caught one, but one was uncatchable. Okay, that's just two or three throws. I mean, throws you you need to make in a you know a closer game, but whatever. But it wasn't just that; it was he had no pocket presence. He had a clean pocket, but he was just he had happy feet in there. He he couldn't wait to escape the pocket for whatever reason, and uh, doesn't seem like the most accurate uh, thrower when he's in motion. Uh, so I don't know why he's trying to do that. But um, am I overreacting, or was it just a bad game? Has this kind of been uh, 
I haven't I haven't caught a lot of Ohio State to be to be completely honest. He's, so he's a what redshirt junior? Is that what? A, I, I no, he's a. I think he's a redshirt sophomore. Okay, that's yeah, that's what it is. Redshirt uh, sophomore. But I yeah, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily think you're thinking you're overreacting here. Um, there's definitely some worries there, like the happy feet, as you said, like that does concern me a little bit. But I mean. He's been pretty accurate. He's definitely he definitely stepped up in the Notre Dame game when we need it most. He's he's still young. This is his first year. Like I know CJ didn't win a national title at Ohio State. He didn't even beat Michigan, but he probably is the best like pure passer in Ohio State history. Maybe him or Dwayne Haskins. Uh, so I mean, he does have big shoes to fill. Where. And this year, we're not really asking him to step up and be a Justin Fields or a CJ Stroud or sticking you know, um, Haskins. But. I didn't. I didn't see the uh, the uh, Maryland game, but I did see him. You know, I saw him against Notre Dame. Like you said, stepped up when he had to. I kind of wonder, you know, like yeah, Notre Dame has good pass rush. Like maybe that's where some of the happy feet came from because like I didn't see that against Indiana, and I kind of feel like it's something that'll probably. I mean, you never know, but it seems like something that can easily be corrected. It's just, you know. They were losing early, too, so I don't know if that factors into it. Uh, you know, a lot of pressure. In clo- like, I think it's worse to be losing at a place like, you know, Ohio Stadium versus, like, at Maryland. Like, I think there's more pressure when you're down at home with a place with as much uh, pedigree and, and demands. Like, the f- talk about demanding fan bases Ohio State's right up there Parker what do you think about that I mean yeah no we are definitely uh, up there with demanding fan bases I do agree that whenever you're struggling and you have to deal with the booze from the home team it is a little tougher and the Ohio State fans are I'm one of them we're lunatics we expect every Saturday to roll out of bed and 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 see a 59 nothing game with the Buckeyes prevailing. It's like uh it's like not. peak like New England, right? Uh I think I think Jake mentioned it a couple couple weeks ago. Like Oh, New England fandom. Like they right. we'd be annoyed if uh, you know, when he goes into school people would be complaining after a seventeen point win. Yeah. No, that Yeah, that w- no, I mean definitely at Ohio State, like especially against teams like Maryland, like we expect a dog fight when we face Michigan. We expect a dog fight against Penn State, but, I mean, when it comes to, like, Maryland, I think they're the fourth best team in the Big Ten, which isn't to take anything away from how good they are. Um, But, I mean, a lot of the fan base just sees Maryland and thinks, oh, cupcake game, like, we should be blowing them. I got you. I I would rather blow, obviously, but, I mean, Uh, I I honestly wasn't displeased with, with the performance. I thought I'm coming off as a hater. I'm coming off as a hater, so let me just continue to do that. Uh, disclaimer, I'm not an Ohio State hater, but um, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, you know, high, sp- supposed to be like a top five pick at wide receiver um, in next year's draft, uh, shut down in that first game of the year. Uh, maybe, again, haven't watched every Ohio State game, but I haven't, I mean, I, I he had a good game last week. He did. Um has he been shut down, or was it just that one game? Like, I, I haven't seen a lot from him. 
Yeah, define define shutdown for me. So because... his expectations are higher because it's. It, I'm not talking about three catches for 32 yards. I expect 100 yards a game out of Marvin Harrison Jr. a week. Okay, so if you take away the first game, which you only caught two balls for 18 yards, but it was early, uh, on the road, Big Ten opponent, like not not saying Indiana's anything. No, I'm telling I'm telling you, good. he gets a mulligan on that one. That game doesn't matter. The Ohio State only had 51 snaps that entire game, 22 in the that's, first half. Yeah, that's not a lot. Yeah, so um, if you take that game out, uh, second game, seven catches, 160 yards, two touchdowns. The third game, five catches, 126 yards, a touchdown. The fourth game, which was against Notre Dame, which is their biggest biggest game so far, he got hurt in the second quarter blocking for his running back on a 60-yard touchdown. Tory loves came that. Back, it was, it, yeah, no, Tory has to love that. I mean... And Everybody he's, should he's love that. Free. I do too. I'm just saying you love it more I mean, than I do. No, no, no. As a fan, yeah, yeah, you tend to love it more than than other people. But I mean, I did love it. Obviously, I was I was screaming at my TV whenever I see Marvin Harrison go down with an ankle sprain. But he came back in the game. He toughened toughened it out. He had three catches, 32 yards. But I mean, another game last week. Yeah, another game that wasn't one of those games where you're going to go off for 150. You know what I mean? Like I yeah, exactly. basically, I'm not worried about Marvin Harrison. I my position is I don't think you draft receivers high. Obviously, he's a top ten pick. I think all this talk about him going second overall is silly, though. But I, I gotta. Think, I, well, I'll let you respond to that. Then I gotta ask you guys a question. So two things. One, if you're measuring him against good defenses, how would you say last year's Georgia defense was? Uh, I've been on record to say that that was an NFL defense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's it's okay, it's the Eagles' so defense. Yeah. yeah, so so he played two and a half quarters before getting knocked out of the game. Whether you want to say it was dirty or not, whatever. He had five catches, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. And not bad. He, if he stayed if he stayed healthy, he was most likely going to lead the Ohio State to victory in that game with CJ. So, yeah, I mean, CJ. We, I think we talked about CJ in that in that game yeah. last episode. Actually, yeah, very impressive. We yeah. are we are both very we're pro CJ guys. So, um, but yeah, but you had a question for us. I'm, I'm actually I'm more I'm more pro CJ than you are. I, I've got him top ten in the NFL right now. Yeah, yeah, Parker. Yes, he, he has him as a top ten quarterback. I'll I'll take him over That's Trevor. Crazy. I'll take him over Trevor. I'll take him over Herbert. Especially, he'll take him over Herbert, which I like, think is crazy. It's like, dude, I. I think that's crazy. I, <laughs> I do. I, I love CJ. Especially, especially if you're talking year. futures. I mean, if you're talking for one game right now, yeah, there's a debate. But, dude, I, I, I like him. But anyway, yeah, I wanted to ask you guys. Do you, do you guys remember Marvin Harrison? Remember we had, remember we had Tim and Jake on, and they were like, yeah, I think his dad was like really good for the Colts, or, or I don't even think they knew that much. <laughs> like, yeah. do, you, do you guys at least remember yeah, Marvin his, Harrison? His dad's a murderer, right? No, no. no. I think pretty, he. I thought he was acquitted, he was like, or not acquitted, but uh, oh. it was it was a whisper. So uh, no. Wait, what? Marvin Harrison. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, <laughs> he got in trouble. Oh, whoa, whoa. Did you mean allegedly? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Allegedly, somebody. I, <laughs> I. No, I don't. I don't recall this at all. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll we'll, we'll do the uh, homework after the podcast. But it was something around about a feud and. Um, Are you sure you're talking about Marvin Harrison, or, or was it Reggie Wayne Parker? No, I don't. I don't think it was no, Reggie Wayne. I'm, I'm, 
I know he's a Colts receiver that, that, uh, that Peyton Manning frequented a lot in the early 2000s. I, I don't know if it was Marvin or, or Reggie Wayne. I think it was Marvin. Um, Maybe it was Brandon maybe. Stokely. You don't know. <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Brandon Austin Collie. I don't know. No, it wasn't Austin Collie. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I didn't Dallas hear about Clark. this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was Dallas Clark. Yeah. Um, I don't... But yes, we do remember him. Okay, no, because I, I, maybe just, better than you do. Well, it's <laughs> apparently no. It's just another funny age gap thing. Because no, it I, is because I said I was a Syracuse fan as a kid, and Marvin Harrison played for Syracuse. So, um, oh, I did not know that. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah, for years I actually thought he went to Georgia for some godforsaken reason. We're but all no. I'm actually from I'm from Indiana, so. Uh, oh yeah, so you, no way you could. For years with sports games. I know who Marvin Harrison is, unfortunately. Yeah, and now I hundred percent, now I hundred percent, you know, believe Marvin Harrison was in trouble because because Parker would probably know better than I would. Um, all right, uh, Parker, you wanted to give me your your Heisman. Oh yeah, really let's, quick. yeah. He's got to get his pound of flesh on yeah. our, on your on your Heisman rankings. Yeah, tell me how bad I suck. Go. Oh yeah. So on the Heisman, I got um, Brock Bowers and Marvin Harrison Jr. at five. One uh five A five B, I got Bo Nix at four, Caleb Williams at three, Michael Penix at two, and the guy that is getting no look from this program, who I think is an absolute dog, and uh, Jaden Daniels at LSU, which is my leading candidate right now. Yeah, I mean Jaden Daniels is has balled. He's balled out a hundred percent. I was debating on putting him five. If I didn't put Brock Bowers at five uh, last week, it would have been it would have been Jaden Daniels. I mean, it's not his fault that his defense sucks and his coach is um, Brian Kelly. I guess it's sort of his fault that I mean he decided to go to LSU and be coached under Brian Kelly. So maybe that's a little bit his fault. But um, guys, he, guys, we're talking about the Heisman though. Like, like winning has to be part of it. And two losses at this stage. I mean, like, who knows? LSU could. Still win the SEC for all we know, but they very well could. No, it, it does play a part, but you. But at this stage, he can't be number one with two losses. No way. I don't think he's number one. Yet. As hear much me, emphasis as we put it. The, uh, okay, I'll hear you out. So two things. One, oh, no. I think he's had the most impressive games. Um, as Michael has said, the losses aren't on him. Like he is balled out in the loss to um, Ole Miss. And then the first game of the year was against Florida State, who a lot of people are already earmarking for the uh, the playoffs. I think it was super impressive. Didn't he turn the ball over and, twice against Florida State? I mean, yeah, he might have. I don't have the statistics in front of me. Uh, hang, I, hang on, I'm going to pull it up. My eyeballs have seen. Because I, I don't recall him being very good against Florida State, which, to be fair, is week one. Um, yeah, so he threw an interception. I don't remember the nature. Of, okay, so just one interception. Um, obviously, yeah, I mean, impressive statistic, statistical game in that one, but then you kind of also said it in the loss to Ole Miss. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's it right there. I mean. Yeah, but but look at what he did in that game. He went off. Yeah, was, he did have a great game. I mean, very fun game to watch. LSU gave up 50-plus in that game, right, if, if memory serves correct? Yeah, it was. 52 48 uh, 46 no it's 55 to 40 55 to 49 
Oh my god, the the page keeps reloading as I try to click on it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I hate that. It's uh, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah, so I I get what you're saying, Parker. You can't fault him for you know giving up his defense, giving up 55 to Ole Miss. Um, I think there is some stock with as you were talking about Maryland and Ohio State. Um, conference games are difficult, and that one was that was at Ole Miss, right? Yes. Yeah, it was at Ole Miss at night. Yeah, tough place to play, which at you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely not easy. But you, if you're the Heisman, you go. I, I get what you're saying as well, Tori. If you're the Heisman, you go in and you win at Ole Miss. I am just also being a dick, but lost a fumble in the Ole Miss game. So what was I? I didn't see it. I didn't see the game. So tell me the nature of the fumble. Was it a fumbled snap? Did he? Oh. Did he try to do too much? Oh, what happened? He, he scrambled out of the pocket. It was along the sideline. And when I say that this linebacker is safety hit him with a Ray Lewis level hit stick, I, I mean it. His helmet came flying off. Like I don't even know how he stayed in the game. Probably because, because I yeah. there's no I, there, I don't think there are independent people in college. Yeah, and in the NFL they don't do their fucking yeah, job. So. so that's how he stayed in the game. Yeah. Um like you can get you can get called for targeting, as we've said, and just stay in the game. So I didn't see the I didn't see the hit, but Parker, I gotta I just gotta say with two losses and you and if you turn the ball over in a fifty five to forty nine game, you know, a, a one possession game and you turned it over, then you know that's that takes you down a notch. He maybe he, he should be top five, but I I can't I can't put him number one if that's the case. With turn you know with well, with crucial so, turnovers and two two losses. Oh, we're, we're I watching. guess my thing is is that no one's really like taking themselves to another level in this race. I mean, I think Michael ways. Penix has. Yeah, he can't, dude. He even sees the hit coming. He's got to protect the ball. I'm watching the clip right now. Oh wait, was it fourth down? Oh, but it's early in the game. Yeah, it was early in the game. So, I mean, it's not like it was a make or break situation. No, but but I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, Lamar Lamar lost two games the year he won. uh, So, I mean, that that shouldn't really discount you. Yeah, that's a good point. Lamar, yeah. I mean, nobody thought that he would win, but his he stood out so much in that year. You know what I mean? Like, his... He was absolutely dominant, and that's not to say Jane Daniel isn't having a great year, but he's not. I don't think he's separating himself from the pack as much as he would need to be, considering where his team's at right now. I just don't buy that argument right, either. I, I, I like again, we're talking our our rankings right now. Do I think it's possible Jaden Daniels could you know get to that position by the end of the season? Absolutely. He's got. I mean, how many how many more big games does LSU have to go? Right. So I mean, they definitely got Alabama, right? So, so I mean, if you if you beat Bama, I think it's at Bama too. Alabama, Florida, Texas A and M, all all in Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Texas A and M. He's got he's got four more like big time games where he could definitely earn it. I'm just saying, I don't I don't know how we can put him there when his record's four and two right now. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I I respect it. I I my my only thing was is. I don't think Penix has separated himself just because of who he's played. Like his his play has separated itself, but against what competition? I get that. You can only play who you can play, though. At the same time. No, no, I agree. Listen, I'm not like here to to nitpick anyone's list. I I don't think Jane Daniels is going to win. I'm just saying, like, I respect the contrarian. I, I I respect the contrarian take, though. 
I think RG3 is, is right there with you. I think he tweeted out that Jaden Daniel needs to be on your Heisman list. All right. Well, from the, he- the current Heisman race to Heisman winners of Days Your, let's go uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. We got um, so they, you know, they they played the Bang or excuse me, they played the Cardinals last week. Uh, you know, he finally started throwing Jamar Chase the damn ball, right? Um, I honestly, I I think this is this is where we see like who the Bengals are, and we are vindicated in our belief that they were going to start slow, but then they were going to come on, and that the AFC North was going to be their division. That being said. Seahawks coming off a bye. Um, I don't like. I don't think Pete Carroll's uh, outstanding after the bye. I think he's like four and six against the spread off the bye. Um, but Bengals, so Bengals minus three. But I don't know, Mike. You sweating it at all yet right now? Like about the Bengals? Yeah. So this is one of those. I think there's a few games where we're going to learn a lot about teams, uh, and I think this is probably the number one what we're going to learn about. I'm not sweating it. I think um, to see the chemistry between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase come back, um, I think it's easier to sustain that than it is to kind of rekindle that. Uh, Jamar Chase obviously had some things to say about not getting the football. Um, he got it. He got it a lot last week, um, and we'll learn. I mean, the Seahawks, like you said, three and one. They're rested. They're they're going to be prepared for this game, so it's not going to be. Oh, you're just beating up on the lowly Cardinals this time. Um, I think it, it's going to come to no surprise. We're not going to. I'm not going to change my tune. I think the Bengals probably still win the AFC North, and yeah. So if that's the case, they they win this game, and I think uh, the offense continues to look like the offense of years past. What do you think, Parker? I wholeheartedly agree. I think uh, first of all, I think Joe Shiesty has shown us in the past two years. Never to doubt them. Uh, they started slow last year. I think I think they're just a slow team. Also, he gets hurt in the preseason both years. I think this is the time for them to to really put their nuts on the table. I think they have, like, after this week, I think they have, like, a pretty tough stretch. Nice. Um, where, they can, where they can start separating themselves from everyone else. And... Uh, I mean, Jamar Chase is, I think, the second best wide receiver in the league. When that man gets the ball, it is a thing of beauty. And he set a Bengals record last week with 15 catches, 190 yeah, yards, yeah. three touchdowns. Yep. Three touchdowns. Yeah, the, the Bengals, to your point, uh, your, your scheduling point, they have a tough next two games. They're at San Francisco. At, uh, is that after a bye? Yeah, they get a bye week after the Seahawks, so they at least they get a week to prepare for the Niners. But I don't even know if that's going to help. Uh, and then they they host the Bills, um, Ravens two weeks after that, and then you know a lot of uh, you know divisional play, which is never easy as we talk about uh, you know not just college that that goes for NFL too. Like you're more familiar with those teams, they can scheme for you. So yeah, it'll be it'll be a tough test. Um, we're gonna see, I would say, by. November 5th after that Bills game, uh, whether I think there'll be a lot of answers. Uh, I think there'll be answers this week, but we'll really know uh, come early November if the Bengals are for real or not. Parker, you probably heard my controversial take that the Bengals, it, the Bengals should have been in the Super Bowl last year. How do you feel about that? 
And the, like, what do you mean? This like, is a, this is in reference to Patrick. Juice? This is in reference to Patrick Mahomes being a flopping little bitch on the sideline, and that call never should have been made. So, um, I, I think I do agree with the take that um, he did flop. Um, but I don't. What's I your don't take on flopping in general? Let me stop Mahomes you there. Because uh, no, 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 no. Can well, I walk back my take a little bit? The more I, the more I see flopping, please, the more. Please do. Yeah. So like, hang on, hang on. Let me give you some background on this, Parker. So, so Mawson a few nights ago, I think we were watching the Monday night game, and an offensive lineman got pushed down, and it was an obvious flop. And then Mawson's like, "That's disgusting." And I was like, "Yeah, welcome to my world, motherfucker." <laughs> I mean, Michael, I know, rooted for Marcus Smart, so I don't know <laughs> how he can. I mean, I did too. I like, like this guy. Parker, you I can come on the show him. anytime. <laughs> I love me some Marcus Smart, but that dude flops all the time. He does. I'm, I'm not hiding from the fact that he flops. So, okay. So, is flopping just doing what it takes to win, or is it disgusting? For Marcus and, Smart, yeah. And for Marcus dis- Smart, yes. And disrespecting the game. Well, when you're wearing number 36 and your hair is green and you're flopping, I love every second of it. Um, with that being said, like, I, I, you know, it depends on the egregiousness of it. And, like, if you're doing it early, uh, I think you might be a bitch. But if you're doing it late and you're trying to set your team up to win, like, I mean, you got to do whatever you got to do to win. And I, I, can, I can respect it in that case. Listen, okay, okay. If you're doing it in the first three quarters... Respect it is going a little bit far. If you want to say it's more on the ref for making the call than it is on... But I'm telling you right now, Joseph Asai shouldn't have had to feel the way he felt because he barely fucking touched him. And he shouldn't have touched him at all, true. But I'm I'm telling you... Parker, if you don't recall, it's the shove. It's the shove. Are we talking about the off... We're talking about the yeah. AFC Championship the game, game, and yeah, a personal foul sets game. up the Chiefs to kick the game-winning field goal and go to the Super Bowl. It's dis- like that I was mean, disgusting. Think- it robbed us of a good ending, either an overtime playoff game, or or the or the Chiefs have to find a way to to get into field goal range anyway. There's just I'm really I, I'm not one of these people that's like oh the refs like love the Chiefs. what a catch by Cortland Sutton <laughs> is Russell yeah, Wilson was... gonna like throw for a hundred yards but somehow so you guys you know what his stat line oh, he is didn't, right now he didn't catch it oh never yeah, Russell Wilson's stat line well, he's right going now. to the ball as if he did though <laughs> Russell Wilson eleven for um, twenty eighty three yards two interceptions that's that's with Jesus what six Christ. minutes left in the game yeah not great they that's, suck that's oh he has control has of that Russell Wilson yeah I think he does I that's a that's a catch. Man. Oh my god! I hope the Broncos win. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of a win-win. It's kind of a win-win because I I always want the Chiefs to lose lately, but it's kind of hilarious to watch the dumpster fire that the Broncos is. are. It is. Um, okay, so getting back to your point of, so I did think that that roughing or illegal hit out of bounds was a little much last year. I agree with that. Um. Oh, but also, like, if you're the defensive player, maybe don't get in that situation. Maybe run him out of bounds. Like, and don't, don't well, that's what he's doing. Again, like, what? how many times have we seen Patrick Mahomes tiptoe down the sidelines for, for an extra 10 yards? You have to make sure he's out of bounds. And, see, and yeah, again, no, Patrick, no, Mahomes, Patrick just, Mahomes is I, 220 pounds. Josh Allen pulls this shit all the time, too. I'm tired of it. He, like, he, he flops, and he, he did it against the Dolphins a couple weeks ago. Didn't get the call. But just flopping to the ground, like, 
like, what are you doing? Like, like, like last last year, the Bills literally won a game against the Ravens. Ravens defensive back weighs like two hundred pounds. Didn't hit him late, by the way. Rolled off him, fell onto his own shoulder, and then it was roughing the passer. Gives the Bills a first down. They go down and, and win the game. Like, like the, this is d- deciding games. This th- this is people's livelihood on the line. Like we, like we talk about injuries and dirty hits and like then that and that's you know right. that's in that doing what it takes to win conversation right. Playing um what's his yeah. name what's his name from Colorado State I keep forgetting his name the the safety yeah I forget like, hey knocking knocking Travis Hunter out of the game that's just doing what it takes to win right, right? see I, see I I fall on the other line of that just because it's after the play um I, we've talked so about it's that. flopping so is flopping it's dishonest and like. Look, sports, th- this is what sports are about. I get sports are entertainment too, but sports are entertainment to people like us that care about competition because it's about who worked harder to win. And it shouldn't be about your fucking acting ability, whether you, whether you win or not. It should be about, like, did you earn it? Are you bigger, faster, stronger? Did you train harder? Did you practice harder? That's what it should be about. So you shouldn't get 15 free yards that puts you in field goal range because you you can sell it because you're a two hundred and fifty million dollar quarterback, like it's or whatever he is, a fifty million dollar a year quarterback. That's, and that's why okay. because because Daniel Jones isn't getting that fucking call. Daniel Jones I is mean, a forty I, million I can, dollar quarterback. I can I, I respect that take. I mean I. Sorry, I got a little heated I, there. Rich's reference no, 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 I mean, strikes like, I, again. I respect, no, no, I love the I love the passion. I I can't argue against the argument. Or I can't argue against the uh, the complaint here. It was a little egregious. I'm pretty sure they were in field goal range though before the hit. The hit just made it like a chip shot. No, I'm pretty sure we'd have to look it up. I think it was around midfield and it put them at like the 35, so they could kick the field goal. But I would have to look it up for sure. Okay. No, I mean, I definitely agree that we were robbed of a great finish because of that. Just like in the Super um, Bowl. What's your take on the What's yeah, your take okay. on the holding in the say, Super Bowl? I, I think was it holding by letter of the law? Probably. Um, if I'm a ref, I swallow that whistle ten times out of ten. Especially because but you swallowed the whistle for the play. first fifty-eight minutes, right? Yeah, I mean, like I know that there are people out there that like always complain about Patrick Mahomes getting the calls. I don't know. And, always gets, uh, and I and I also want to be I also want to be fair here. I'm not saying Mahomes is gets those calls because and the Chiefs are in those positions all the time because of how good Mahomes is, especially in clutch situations. I agree with Jason Kelsey's take. He was defending the Chiefs. I agree with his take. It's like the Chiefs are in those positions because of Mahomes, because he's good, because he knows I I, I actually hundred percent believe him. He knows to look there in those situations. I'm just saying if you're the ref. Who's going to be mad at you for not making that call? Like, it, like either right. one. The, Chiefs fans, but like. Right, but, but even. I think even the, all of America was upset after the call. Like, what, like. Yeah, like me, every neutral party didn't like that call. Well, no. And to me, if you're the NFL, how is that a better product? It's not. Because, well, because if okay, it doesn't get called, if it doesn't get called, uh, like 10 Chiefs fans posted on social media after the game and it fucking goes away. You make the call and then the game ends on a penalty. Like it did two weeks in a row to end their season last year. Like that's all. That's not a good product. Let the players play the game. I think. I think the NFL in general needs to work on their. Oh, there's Taylor. I. 
I mean, well, there's Taylor Swift for you. I mean, I feel like that was only like it's, I think that's the second or third time. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. That's, that's not too bad. I mean, it was like two or three seconds. I, I think the NFL yeah, hurt Al us Michaels, again. It's the sellout sports Al influence. Michaels told him to throw. Al Michaels told him to just throw or show the football game. Not we don't need no Taylor Swift. <laughs> he doesn't like his vegetables and he doesn't like his Taylor Swift. And Kelsey <laughs> is limping. <laughs> And he doesn't like movies, which which we you know we know that much. So no, 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 no. He's talking Al Michaels. What? Oh, oh, Al Michaels. Yeah, Al Michaels. uh, Oh my. (laughs) uh, Kirk Kirky came on uh, one of the shows and was like, "Yeah, that man does not eat vegetables. He just eats steak." Because he has like a sit down, so they have like you know, like fifteen minutes. So it's like a quick halftime. He has a sit down. Like he has a table with like a white tablecloth spread out for him, yeah, and he meal. steak is like catered to him. You know, Herbie's out there like crunch, crunching a Chick Fil A sandwich or something, just something quick, and he's he's steaking, you know, knife and fork, like real fork, real silverware, just bib and all. Dude, Al I, Michaels has it figured out. Probably a bourbon or something. I love how. Al Michaels has no fucks left. He doesn't, and it, like he's got it, like, Amazon money oh, now. Well, that's what I mean, and and, and he just like he's not. I just don't like announcers that are afraid to criticize the NFL. But that's why I don't like Collinsworth. He's a good. He's a good analyst. Very, very good analyst. He's he's good no, at what he does. He's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I have two problems with Collinsworth. One, because I just discovered that he's the owner of Pro Football Focus, and they don't do anything to disclose that. But they promote his business on on Monday Night Football or Sunday Sunday Night Football, right? Which Collinsworth Sunday Night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they promote his business on Sunday Night Football, like, oh, this guy's PFF ranked twenty. Like, by the way, that's Chris Collinsworth's business, and they don't fucking disclose that. I think that's a little scummy, but you know, I respect the hustle, though. You want to know? You know, I want to know what upsets me about Chris Collinsworth is he doesn't do the sliding anymore. It got too popular, so he stopped doing the sliding. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm I'm trying to be serious here. (laughs) Jesus. Me too. <laughs> no, we are too. <laughs> Take me seriously, Tori. Like, I'm serious. Slide is a my my stuff thing. is more important, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I have the microphone and you don't. <laughs> no, I got one right there too. My name's Mike too. Yeah, I thought I thought you guys were talking about you. I thought you were saying Mike doesn't like his vegetables. <laughs> That's no, how you no, to- Al Michaels hates vegetables. <laughs> got it, got it. We all know right. all the important like, things. If he gets vegetables on his plate, he sends it back. <laughs> it's like a kindergartner. If the salad's on top, I send it back. <laughs> <laughs> Another Michael. <laughs> oh, man, I know way too many mics. Jesus. All oh, right. Me too. Um... Where the fuck were we? Anyway, so another another place where we're gonna find something out. Uh, what is the Bills ceiling now that you know they've been ravaged by injuries a little bit on defense? Obviously, Tre'Davious White getting Von Miller back to peak form though. They're getting Von Miller back, which you know you can't. You know that's gonna be a huge. Which, addition. by the way, honestly, but could, Milano's gone. Right, but here's the thing. Again, my my whole guide to team. I'm not saying linebackers don't matter. Look at Fred Warner. You know, like. Elite linebackers do matter. And what that I'm Milano saying, is an elite linebacker. No, no, and he absolutely is. What I'm saying is, but the pass rush is going to mask some of that. I'm not saying they won't miss it. No, you're right. You're right. But the boost to their no, pass you're rush. Right. If, but, if Von Miller is still Von Miller, we don't know that yet. But and I don't, I don't want to discount the linebacker position too, too much. But when you couple that with losing your your shutdown corner, that's a bad. No, recipe. That, I'm saying White and Milano is a lot, but. That being said, 
corner and linebacker are much less valuable positions than elite edge rushers. And so, let's not kid ourselves here. They're playing the Giants. Like, they should win. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's a matter of it's Sunday Night Football. Collinsworth will be on that game, and he'll be giving his PFF rankings. So uh, And defending the NFL for everything they do. And But, you know. So hey, the, Dean Blandino, do you want to come on and say why that ref was right, even though he fucking sucks? <laughs> Yeah, Parker's. While while you're here, how about yeah? How about my take about uh, making officials celebrities? I'm tired of that shit too. You get um, you get what I'm okay, saying. You so, get what I'm saying. No, I do. I do because uh, this is actually like crazy. Do you follow Barstool Sports at all? I mean, a little bit. You know, I I try not to be influenced too much because then they'll sue us. So when we get big, yeah. Yeah, fair maybe enough. they'll buy us out. Um, so they. Ha- I'll they take have that. A podcast called, they, they have a podcast called Bussing with the Boys. And like this summer, they had like a, an old line retreat with Taylor Lewan. And it was just like a bunch of old linemen going down to Taylor's place in Nashville and getting hammered. And they had the games there. And Dean Blandino was there officiating. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? Yeah, dude. Why it, is Dean Blandino? That's what I'm saying, man. I agree. If you're a ref, you're not like it's not ever supposed to be about you. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to be kind of like an offensive lineman. You're supposed to be invisible. He's the Joe West of the well, NFL. Did you, did you? Oh well, that's a, that's a good West, analogy. Maybe. Um, no, I agree. I thought, I kind of like Mike Piera on the uh, the Fox games. Oh, yeah. you're I mean, losing, Tor- you're losing Tory quick with every word. No, you I, speak. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll hear him out. I but, I but, don't mind whenever they're like in there, like breaking down like a call. But like to make them a celebrity is a little wild. Um, I I agree. I mean, they are there to add a little extra. Yeah, come on, um, come on, be boring and lifeless and have zero personality, and I'm okay with it. As soon as like, as soon as like, it's like, hey, follow me on Twitter. Fuck you. You're, You're talking f- about lifeless. Uh, that's not what the Broncos are right now. The the Chiefs nah, were just they're, in they're, they're bucking right the now. Chiefs were just in field goal range. Dude, what is what is the Broncos? <laughs> and like they just got a game? sack. They, I mean, they they're still uh, they're still within Butker field goal range, no doubt. But it's going to be a tough one now. Two minutes left. This is going to be interesting. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> Broncos country. I don't let's know. Ride. I don't, yeah, I don't know if this is updated, but the, yeah, the Broncos are pl- plus four thousand on the money line right now. Hit Forty that. to one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, let's hammer that, boys. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, like, what do you guys think? Do you think Taylor comes to the next game if they lose? Yeah, she's no fair weather uh, fan. I mean, I'm going to defend Taylor Swift to the to the death of me. We'll see. I mean, dude, it, 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 it might not even be her. She might get too busy. Well, no, it might not even be her. It might be Travis. Like, hey, you're not you're not good luck. Sorry, you know, like 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 we can still date, you know, but people are superstitious. You never know. I don't know. I did see Travis oh, no, rolling one up in the look. look in his if he's car. into fr- if he's into friendship bracelets, he might be into superstition. I don't know. He could be. He could be. Um, let's keep this uh, NFL train rolling, huh? Uh, another one. Yeah, I think, it's rolling. All right. <laughs> good one. Good one. Um, I think another interesting game is, especially with the Justin Jefferson news, just placed on IR with his hammy. Uh, will Kirk Cousins stay in Minnesota? I think this is a big game that that will kind of. Might decide the the rest of the season for him. This there. might be the biggest game between one and four teams. That I know, right? Like let's <laughs> let's build up some uh, some storylines hey. here. A loss to the Bears feels like a white flag to me. I know the Bears played well last nah. Thursday night, but if you're Minnesota, coming off the year you had, 
Justin Jefferson goes down. Kirk Cousins is in the last year of his contract, and you lose to the Bears. Do you do you keep Kirk Cousins? I think that's the point where you're just like, okay, let let's let's ship him off. And I think the obvious answer there is the Jets, right? For him to go to the Jets, um, I'd like to see him go back to Washington. Why would you? I'm saying go back to Washington. Why? Sam yeah, why? Sam yeah, Sam. So hang on. Hang on. I'm confused about your takes because your your take is that Eric Bieniemy is doing well in Washington. Sam Howell, you, you've said I like Sam you Howell. like Sam Howell. So why would you go give up on the 23-year-old quarterback for Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I guess I didn't think this one through too, too much, but... Um, that's what, I, that's I'm, what I'm here for, to, I'm a to man, tear it apart. I'm a man for content, so just <laughs> let me be. I mean, him back in a, in a Washington jersey and uh, screaming, you like that, to people in the Washington facility, um, I'd, I'd be here for it. I don't know. I mean, I'm not really pro Washington anything, so because that's where all the politicians live. <laughs> so, so I, any any suffering that they go through, I'm for it. That's that's where, fine. Where do you want to see Kirk Cousins end up? I'm just trying to be different. I'm right? um, retired because I don't play because <laughs> I don't play fantasy football. So I don't like Kirk Cousins sucks. He's and like, there goes the Broncos. The Broncos had a hope for about three minutes. That's good for the Broncos this season. Yeah, moral victory, right? Oh damn, boys! I lost my thousand dollars. <laughs> Back to work you go. Um, no. I mean, I, I'd like so, like for me, where I'd like to see him end up. I guess I'd like to see him on the Jets. But like, if you're the Jets, like Aaron Rodgers is still like floating it out there that he might be back this year. Zach Wilson hasn't really disappointed you too much, other than in the Dallas game. But Dallas's defense is somewhat legit. Who who wants to take on Kirk Cousins right now? Here's here's and, the here's the thing, right? With, why? Here's the thing with Kirk Cousins, right? Like, okay, if the Jets want to give up a second, if they want to run the offense exactly as they're running it right now, and don't ask Kirk Cousins to do too much, right? He's a good that, he's a good fit. That being said, well. I would say that maybe at the beginning of the season, maybe even week one, week two. Yeah, it's tough. With um, diff- yeah, now, right, at this right. point of the season, I don't think you can trade for a quarterback and expect him to give you anything unless he's unless he's an improviser, which Cousins isn't. Like, if you want to trade for Tyrod well, Taylor okay, and mean, say, like, or like maybe he can make something happen. I don't know. But- I, I, I kind of disagree. If it's bare-bones offense and you're handing it off to Brees Hall. And- Dude, are you kidding me? Like, we, we hang on. We talk about, like, in the preseason, uh, or, and they don't get enough reps, right? So now he's had no reps with these receivers, and you expect him to come in and, and win a football game. I, well, After, you just said that you're you're not a, you're not handing it, the, you're not putting the football in his hands to win football. Yeah, but he still needs games. okay, but he still needs timing with his receivers on he those does. on those. He does. Know, I don't think it would twenty be, play action passes. I, I want him to throw. I guess this is more um, how I feel about Zach Wilson than I do about Kirk Cousins because I think. I it's think, too late. You gotta, no, I, you gotta arrive with, dude. I would rather like, who's the like? Who, again, I forget the, I, I forget Zach Wilson's backup's name right now. But, yeah, uh, um, not, not Nick Mullins, but um, you'd probably t- uh, Ted Boyle, Boyle. It's Boyle. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. Yeah, yeah. You'd probably rather ride with him than Kirk Cousins at this stage because, like, I mean, maybe that's being a little too extreme, but like, that's scary. Yeah, but Cousins, honestly, I, I do put some uh, weight on that one. Honestly. What in the? You'd rather have Boyle than Cousins? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, just because like because the timing. I mean, it matters. The offense at all. 
I mean, we look we look at how shitty these offenses are at the beginning of the year. You're going to go back to square one when the other offenses are just hitting their stride? Nah, that's not going to work. Yeah, I get again. I guess yeah, I'm a boy. Add me to the Boyle bandwagon. Sure. <laughs> I mean, just get Zach Wilson off the field. No, man. Like, seriously, like, if you don't want Cousins, like, seriously, trade for somebody like Tyrod Taylor. He's a mobile guy. He can improvise. Like, I mean, like, is he doing well? Is he doing well in New York? No. But if he's a guy that can hand the ball off and just, you know, and throw, like I said, 20 play action passes a game and not lose you the game, quote unquote, game manager, right? But at this stage of the game, it has to be a guy. That can improvise. That's gonna. That can do it. You know, a, a guy that can improvise and won't turn the ball over. That's it. Has to be that. Sure. Fair enough. But uh, Parker. Um. Yep. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? Oh, um, my thing is, is do the Jets own their drop right? Because if so, I'm not. I'm not trading any drop capital. I, I'm gonna let the season ride out. And no, they don't because that's that's how they got Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, actually, they're giving they're yeah, giving they already gave up their second round pick. I, yeah, it's a second round pick. So, do they have the rights to their first round pick? I believe so. Let me let me look. Okay, because if that's the case, yes, they do. Right out with with Wilson, and you you, you hope for the best, but you expect. The Tori, worst. this is where you and come in. You talk be... about culture. This is where you talk about culture. Yeah. The Dolphins, the Dolphins take with. With Brian Flores, and I, I agree with you on that. You yeah, don't... not just. I mean, that's just one example. Yeah, right? no, that's just an example, hundred percent. Um, but but nah, man. Like, if you want, if if you want Justin Fields to succeed in Chicago, for example, like, or if you, or if you're just rooting, if you're a guy that's rooting for Justin Fields, period, you got to hope that the Bears turn it around and go seven and ten, not because culture is more important than getting the first overall pick or like. Like especially no, in football, no, they, in, think... in the NBA, tank all you want, sure, because like you, you got to get Victor Wembanyama. That's the only way to win, especially if you're in a small market. But like in the NFL, it's culture and it's scheme, and and honestly, like you don't want a higher pick. I'd I'd rather have a fourth round wide receiver with a chip on his shoulder that you know that maybe because they're all fucking divas anyway. So I'd rather have the one that has something to prove. Stephon Diggs, Tyree yeah, Kill. Mean, no, I mean I I agree. I'm not saying like. I mean, Tyreek Hill was That's very talented. Don't that it wasn't that I, wasn't a talent I, thing. No, but well, no, neither was Stephon Diggs. But like they they fall in the draft for whatever reason. And I'm just saying, a, a lot of first round receivers don't pan out. Like it's it's kind of a recent development, and it's really just fucking LSU receivers. It's Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Not just hang on, no, 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 buddy. I I I I researched this. This is. First round wide receivers are not worth the trouble unless their name is Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. Now this is going back two years in the draft, but I wrote a fucking four thousand word article about it, and uh, right. I actually I actually sent this. This was my uh, that was resume. That yeah. was my resume to Mawson to be like, hey, can I write sport, sports stuff freelance for you? And now somehow I'm the fucking editor of the paper. Explain that one. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, he literally taught me like half of my job, but. Yeah. Um, anyway, so no, nah, man. I'll send you the article though, or I'll post it. Actually, Sandbox's website okay. is a little fucked up right now. I gotta, I gotta, I we gotta get that transferred over. But um, I'm telling you, man. Like most receivers, quarterbacks for that actually not necessarily out of the first round, but it's. I mean, look at Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. They they weren't the first overall pick. Burrow is the exception. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want the first overall pick. So tanking doesn't fucking work. And then the Dolphins got the, their guy in Tua, and everyone said it was all tank for Tua all year. So anyway, that's a long way of saying I, you know, you got to fight. And, and teams are going to fight. Excuse me. Teams are going to fight to win anyway because those guys are all trying to put something on tape. There's a lot of guys in the last year of their contract, and I don't know. So I just, you know, I, I don't like the – the mentality of I'm not necessarily saying tank. I'm just saying like hope that Zach Wilson can turn around. Um and if he doesn't like I'm not saying they're gonna get the first overall pick, but like they would have a higher pick and you could probably draft the quarterback because guess what? They all I mean, Aaron Rodgers is gonna be what, forty years old next year, coming off an Achilles injury, like he's not gonna be playing more than two or three years. Like, you've got to have a contingency plan after Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it's Zach Wilson. And I think it's time to start looking towards the future. Because they do have, like, all the pieces to be a very good team. They're just missing that quarterback. And offensive line. Is there... Those two things. Is there anything out and, there like the like the Aaron Rodgers situation coming up this offseason that, that we can envision? Or even... Even shit, Derek Carr, right? Like, you know what I mean? Where, where like the Jets could go out and get a kind of distressed asset or something at quarterback. Matthew Stafford potentially, based on how it goes, how the Rams do at the end of the um, year. I could see that if if they're if they're um, in sell mode. As a Bears fan, I I mean I don't know what the Bears are going to do at quarterback. You know, you know they what? might decide that they. They could decide to get rid of Fields. I think Fields would be a better upgrade for that team than Zach Wilson is. Oh, yeah. I would a thousand percent stamp that. Yeah. I mean, I can't argue, again, because just of because because of what he can do with his feet alone, right? I, I still don't know how much I trust his ability to read defenses, but though he did look at against the commanders. I'm not, but again, I just think it's funny how, again, I, I call about the inconsistency, right? Like it was always the Bears coaching staff's fault that Fields sucked. And then when Fields did well, there was no credit to the coaching staff. It's kind of funny how that works. But that being said, I think I think Fields has, you know, Fields had a great game. And so we might, you know, we might start to see more. And again, that's that's why we're talking about this game, right? Partially. Um you know a name that just kind of popped up in my head as far as like, you know, that distressed asset thing or like like I feel like Jacoby Brissett never really got like a totally fair shake. Like even on, on the Jets right now. Again, game manager right yeah i think he's i think he's backing up sam howell and uh oh, in I thought washington he was, oh, I, I thought he was in cleveland but he I, was in cleveland i think he's no, in washington that's, now um, dtr oh you're right yeah you are right yeah um hang on yeah dtr and then uh they they're not starting dtr this week if watson doesn't go i forget who they're starting you guys are right pj walker is who they're gonna start yeah Brissett's on the commanders like yeah, because it was a quarterback competition between Howell and and Brissett. Yep, I uh, I don't know, man. I I feel like that's another guy. Yeah, he's to a good take a look at. He just he's never seen like when he's gotten the chance, like in a in a reserve role, like coming into the game, he can kind of level you out. But when he starts, like when he was with the Colts, it wasn't it wasn't great, you know. No, no, no. I know, but again, we talk about some, uh, most of these teams ask too much from their quarterbacks. You know what I mean? The, Colt, the Colts weren't doing that though. They they were handing it off to Jonathan Taylor and 
and he was still finding ways to throw interceptions and stuff. I, I get what you're saying. I don't think that's the guy. Another one that would have been interesting if yeah. Anthony Richardson hadn't got hurt. Right. Maybe they could right. have traded for Minshew, right? Yeah, that would be uh, – that. that's a great – like. That's a guy you, that would fit in in New York too, right? Like he would love it there. I don't know. He's He's kind of that hippie vibe. I don't know. Yeah, but, but he's great with the media. Yeah, I he think, is great with the media. I feel, like right, he would def- right. I feel like he would deflect all the bullshit. Yeah. Like, even, even, the, even the criticism. Keep his head down and just kind of, yeah, not let it get to... La- laugh it off, whatever. There would be no storylines you know of dysfunction I think or anything. I, I, I think I found my solution for the Jets. There it is. There trade, you go. Trade for Gardner Minshew next year. Or maybe he's a free agent. I don't know. But go get Gardner. I think he's a one-year pr- prove-it deal, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Um, and maybe and maybe with a draft pick, a second round draft pick. Oh no! Well, well they don't have it. Never mind. All right, we got you going a little bit. Uh, we got a London. We got another London game going on. Um, Ravens and Titans. This one's interesting. The Ravens have been in London since Monday, which everyone will tell you is a big. Um, it's to their advantage. Uh, the Titans. I, they practiced in Nashville today, and then they flew out after their afternoon practice. So they're probably just touching down over the pond right about now. Um, so they're doing what the Bills did last week? Yeah, which obviously didn't didn't work out well for the Bills. Yeah, huh? ha- hammer the Ravens. But then again, the Ravens are such a bad team to bet on. <laughs> yeah, Tori, um, you know, obviously I've, I've uh, said that I'm high on the Ravens. Uh, not super confident with what I've seen so far, but I'm not getting off the bandwagon quite yet. Um, is, at, is it a prove-it game, you think? Um, yeah, I mean, and, like, and I haven't watched them play yet. So, like, I, it's based on my previous knowledge of Lamar. I say he's not elite. I don't think he's going to have what it takes to to reach that top tier of quarterbacks, right? I think he needs a running game. Like, fun to watch, great athlete. You know, the the spin move and the on the highlights and the cover of Madden. That's all great, cool. And you know, and, and if you want to use him in Madden too, absolutely. But do I think he's a winning quarterback? You know at least on that elite level no and um but okay he's got a new he's got a new system and i want to see what it looks like because i think it's about time that they they got they're going to have to start hitting their stride with this new system like no more excuses right so i just i don't really see it with the ravens um i might have a little bit of bias cuz i feel like uh odell beckham is kind of like the james harden of the nfl where if you sign him you get what you deserve so I think that's um, a little harsh criticism, but um, is it? Is it? Did you see him on the airplane? He's a piece of shit. <laughs> so um, yeah, that motherfucker. That motherfucker would have gotten off the airplane if I were on that airplane. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> he, you're coming with me. <laughs> I don't give a fuck, especially because I know who he is. Fuck you, Odell Beckham. Anyway, that's not the only reason. He's been a piece of shit his whole career. So whatever. Again, I try not to judge people just by their worst moment. That was his worst, but he's always been a piece of shit. You didn't like him on the boat in Miami? <laughs> no. The so, boat boys? Yeah, what, I love those memes. The Giants record since this picture is, you know, whatever the fuck it is, 30 and 50 or whatever. But um, anyway, back to, you know, just Lamar. I mean, yeah, like, Parker, what's your, what's your take on Lamar? Did, uh, did you hear our quarterback power rankings? Did, where, where do you throw him in there? Yeah, I mean... So the thing is, is I think he is a really good quarterback. Um, hasn't been given the best opportunities. Um, but I, I mean, I do think he is a little bit. He is a tier below Burrow. 
So I, I, I would have to agree with that, but I, I don't think it should take away from how good he is. I think he's an electric quarterback. Yeah, so okay. I think we're splitting here. I think we're splitting hairs here because I would have him at the bottom of tier two and Burrow, you know, towards the top. But um, I think tier three is just one step. I think it's a little bit too dis- disrespectful for a guy that's w- won an MVP and, like you said, been super electric with MVP not a lot. A, a popularity contest. I mean, what did it, what, again, it's, it's like saying he won the Heisman. I mean, Patrick like, Mahomes has won a few of those. And I mean, okay. It, it, but, and, and that's, and that's valid. But what I'm saying is like, Dude, like how many again, Heisman, how well have Heisman winners done in in the national championship game? Like like it's the same thing. It's like you should vote on the Heisman after the national championship game. No. Regular yeah, season award. That was the case there, there shouldn't be regular season awards. Look at look at the fucking NBA. That's proof that there shouldn't be regular season awards. The M, the MVP should be after the finals. I don't give a fuck about I mean, regular season, especially in the it. NBA. Especially in the they NBA. They get their own trophy, though. I mean, and I would say that. Yeah, um, but it, but it's not it's not nearly as revered. It's not nearly as revered to have the to to be a playoff MVP or a Finals MVP. The season MVP is something that gets talked about way more. And also, just based off of the nature of, I, of the regular season being much longer, I think. Sports. Well, well yeah, I think it, in different sports, like it does carry a different weight. Because I think in the NBA, like when you talk about Michael Jordan. Like, no one brings up how many MVPs he had. Everyone talks about, like, he had six finals. Six and zero in the like, finals, wins. right? Yeah. And he had six, yeah, yeah, six and zero in the finals, and he went six and zero with finals MVP. And, I mean, I definitely hear people talk about that more than, I think he had five MVPs. So, I think with basketball, like, the finals MVP is pretty um, highly talked about. I well, think... Yeah, you mean like when when Joel Embiid? You mean you mean like when Joel Embiid cried his way into the MVP this year because he cried about it after not getting it two years ago? (laughs) Like, come on, man! And then and then to perform like that in the playoffs, like fuck you, you're not the MVP. What I mean, what is MVP? I I I am getting like what you're saying. You're not Tory's MVP. No, you're just not an MVP because you're not the most valuable player. Period. There's no fucking way. You you didn't win in the playoffs. You didn't win when it mattered most. You didn't beat the best competition. You beat up on bad teams all year to pad your fucking stats. Yeah, James Harden can do that shit too, but he's a piece of shit in the playoffs. Well, the, the only things he's padding nowadays are his buffet uh, trips. But <laughs> what, what's so bad about that one? I was just <laughs> anticipating something <That's> else. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, uh, I mean. He, but I'm, I mean, I think, like, you can't tell the story of last year, like, like basketball-wise, without bringing up Joel and DJ. Like, it was a great year. Um, it was between him and Jokic, and I, I think he did deserve it. Now, granted, he did disappear against the Celtics when it mattered most. So, I think that should also get talked about. But to take away from his regular season accomplishment. I think is a little silly, but I mean, basketball is 82 games. Baseball is 162. Football is only 18 weeks. Yeah, it is. It is, so, you know, a shorter season. Um, let's get into some baseball so, or no, no, you know, we're not ready for baseball yet. 
We have a we have a uh, Monday night game that I think is going to be pretty good. Um, Wait, breaking news. Uh-oh. Uh oh. The Phillies just beat the the Braves. <laughs> the Phillies beat the Braves. I told you to go Phillies. Are man. those are those the four? Hang on, the, the, is it the four best teams in baseball have Fight, all fighting Phils? Or or three? Is it it's Baltimore was one? Braves, Dodgers, Baltimore. Was it was it anybody else? Or is it just those three? Or no, the Rays, right? The Rays were no, the Rays weren't. Yeah, two. the Rays. The, the, Looking it up. You, Hang I think on. The Rays were. The Rays weren't the second seed because just because of the fact that Baltimore was one. Baltimore won the division. Right, but no, but Tampa oh, Bay yeah, had yeah, ninety. Yeah, yeah, yeah but right. Tampa. So in terms of wins, right? The four teams with the most wins are out of the playoffs now. Crazy. It's, it's the Dodgers, the Braves, the Rays, and the Orioles. So just off of that, I mean, it sounds like a rematch of the World Series, right? Um, Round two, Astros, Phillies. It's gonna be. Hey, don't, hey, don't sleep up. Don't sleep on them snakes, baby. Did you see the um, Verlander in the in the locker room? Yeah, after? He's like, he's like, I, I wasn't even fucking he's here like, for this. Yeah, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, and we were and we were grinding. I wasn't fucking here, but like, <laughs> that that was pretty funny. I like that. It was good. It was good. Um, uh, right, yeah, we're talking baseball. Let's just let's just keep baseball. Uh, talking about the Phillies. What? Do you, well, yeah, I think the biggest thing. Okay, Phillies, and but I want to ask you guys, both of you, how do you feel about the playoff format? Because there's obviously, I mean, it's kind of the talk on sports radio everywhere, so it's going to be talk for us for a little bit. Like, it seems like it's knocking teams' lineups out of their rhythm, right? Like these, like these elite teams to have that much time off. Like, I don't know, what do you like? What, what do you guys feel about that? Do you think like, my take, and you guys can tell me how you feel about this, is go back to the one game playoff because we're mostly seeing sweeps in the first round anyway. So it's almost like this time off is isn't needed. So for the anyway. wild card, you're, you're talking wild card for the round. wild for the wild card round. Go back to go back to one game playoff, then everything goes back to normal. But but yeah, let six teams in. But it's a one game playoff to get to the four game turn or four team tournament on either side. I don't hate that. Um, you it forces you to go with your best guy, right? Or unless you're super confident in in your number two pitcher. Um, but if you don't like it, like okay, be one of the two best teams so you don't end no, up in that I, position, you know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, it it adds more intrigue into man. It puts more pressure on managers for sure. Which I, I'm all for that. You know, how are you going to play your cards? You know, this is a winner go home situation. You need to put everything on the table for this to even try to think about winning three games in the next series. And to talk about, I mean, right, right there, we just talked about the, you know, importance of the, of the regular season, right? Which I say in basketball, not important at all, but in baseball, like, yeah, to earn one of those top two seeds gives you the right to set up your pitching staff the way you want to. And so if you don't, if you don't earn one of those top two seeds, then it is what it is. And, and you're going to have to, you're going to have to adapt. And then I don't know what the numbers are, but I know, a lot of those teams have done better because they, because they were in a rhythm once they got to the, you know, to the, the championship series. So I hear it. I hear um, it. Parker, I Parker, what's your take? Um, I mean, just for the electricity alone, I think the one game is better. Uh, hand up. I have not watched any baseball in the past like three years. Because I gave up on the Boston Red Sox and I just don't have a team. Welcome to the that club of, in. of giving up on the Boston. Yeah, Red Sox. welcome to the pit of despair. That's that. That's every 
all of us, right? Other yeah, all the Boston Red Sox. Well, no, I get, there's a couple of Boston Red Sox fans I know that are still uh, hanging true. Oh, I, I meant on sellout sports. Oh, sellout sports. Yeah, we uh, we are a Red Sox. We disown, and and we're and we're yeah highly displeased. So I don't know. Thanks, John Henry. So, so yeah, so I haven't, I haven't. John yeah, Henry. well, the the day they got rid of Mookie Betts, I, I said I was done. Amen, brother. But um, but no, I mean, I haven't watched baseball since the year they got rid of Mookie, but I have watched it this week actually. And it's been pretty electric, but I mean, I think the one game format makes for more of an October feeling. Like, when I go home and then earn your, as you said, like, earn the right to, to, like, set yourself up for success, I guess. And also, yeah, I mean, I, I but also, they're going to want to make their money. I think they can stretch it out any more than they can. They yeah, we all know owners are greedy and they want that extra, you know, thirty thousand ticket sales for that for that one extra game. So that that's a good point. <sighs> well, anyway, um, as far as you know, I think you kind of said it too. It's like, yeah, keep it on October, right? Because now that like with all these with this extra baseball, it's going into November. I know. Yeah, who's like, has anybody been uh, crowned Mister November yet? <laughs> Yeah, it was Derek Jeter. He was um, November? He was November? I thought he was October. Yeah, they called him. No, that's Reggie Jackson. Oh, Reggie Jackson, right. Oh, yeah, because that's like when it first. It's crazy that it's been bleeding into November that long. I, I thought it was more of like the last decade or so, but you're right. They just don't schedule them like they used to. Baseball in November <laughs> just sounds so crazy for somebody that lives in the Northeast. Yeah, it should be over before Halloween. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree, especially, I mean, like, if, if it was, like, all Southern teams, but it goes as late as possible, but, like, when you have teams like Phillies or the Yankees, the Red Sox. Or the, the Twins, Twins or the, the, playoffs yeah, the this year. Yeah, the Mariners, you know, like, there's there's plenty of cold-weather teams. Well, it's, yeah, it's funny. It's, like, yeah, Red Sox, Yankees, like, like you the know, Cubs, when you, like, well, yeah, well, you, when you think baseball, you think, you know, you think July, you think hot, right? And then the games that matter most are played. And then, you know, it could be flurries in the air, right? So yeah, I mean, you think of the most iconic, you know, ballparks. You're looking at Wrigley and, and Fenway, right? Yeah, and cold weather cities. That's funny. But um, anyway, um, so yeah, uh, despair over baseball. I think that's a that's a good place to end the sports section of it right yes sir we uh we will definitely you know get to nhl stuff later on we're we should definitely watch more hockey i recommend it to everyone yeah there's a couple it's fights like, i saw like i, I yeah. didn't watch the um, games as a hand up but you know um no and I, I had a couple of games on in the background while i was working and so like i, I mean i just i you know i love hockey and i um you know it's kind of like i said about like i wish i was like a curling fan so so uh <laughs> So, no, no, hear me out because because casual fans keep fucking up football for me. So you know, like there's there's not a whole lot of casual hockey fans. Like there's real hockey fans, and so like and to a real hockey fan, I'm probably a casual fan, and they, <laughs> and they probably hate me. But but at least I don't stay come, out of my sport. Yeah, but 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 at least I no no no. At least I don't come in and say you know we should change this and we should change that. I just fucking appreciate it. Hey okay? guys, uh, how about we, we be a little less violent on the ice, huh? Yeah, no, I, I want more fights. So, like, so at least I'm, I think I'm a good hockey fan in that sense. P- 
players policing their own. That's the one sport where they can police themselves. Then they do that very well, or they used to. Now they don't let them do it as much. But there, but you know what? Let's stop bitching, or I'll stop bitching. There were a couple of fights last night. Good shit. Um, yeah. So anyway, let's liven things up a little bit. Uh, Parker, I'm sure as you know, if you listen to the end, <laughs> if you listen to the end of the show, then we celebrate every day. Every day is a holiday. Every day is an important day in history. And uh, we just had one holiday that used to celebrate some dipshit that, you know, I guess was kind of ballsy to travel around the world, but also was a total piece of shit. So, um, but yeah, we don't have a lot of holidays and, you know, even this time of year, Halloween, a few weeks out, but every day is a holiday. So, um, you know, October 13th, we, National Today, thank you for, you know, for giving us these obs- obscure holidays, these days that people didn't even know were to be celebrated. Us included. Uh, exactly. And we, we, we literally learn something every day. So uh, October 13th, International Day for Failure. Yeah, we talk about positivity. We're going to start out fresh with failure. But, uh, you know, it's a good thing. It, it, <laughs> the description says, you know, don't be afraid to fail. And, you know, that's, that's a very true statement. You learn more. I mean, the, the, the old adage, right, in sports, you learn more from your losses than you do your wins. And that, that holds true in life, too. Exactly. And it's like, I mean, we weren't afraid to fail, clearly, because here we are. Uh, with here our, we are. And, um, and now we're awesome at this. So it worked out. Yeah, we got out. guests. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We're we're a commodity now. We're a destination. Who would have thought? We were we already talked about like three different things that we were like ahead of. You know yeah. what I mean? Like all it takes is like one. You know, I don't know who who like is a talent scout for podcasts, but like if they're out there, you know, like I mean, like, I mean, like we like we like have a Stephen A. Smith prodigy or something. Yeah, well, dude, I'm telling you, like we have look look at the resources we have. We're lucky enough that somebody you know lets us rent out the equipment for free. But other than that. Like what do we have? Like we have full time two we have we have a full time and a part time job each, and then we still make this shit work. Imagine if you gave us both sixty k a year to, you know what I mean. So that's my to plug. bullshit with you. Yeah, you know what I mean to actually research our takes and like we would be fucking amazing. Like do interviews. With, I mean anyway. So don't be afraid to fail, people. And I'm sure, I I hope that's what the point of International Day it of is. Failure it is. is. Okay, it is. excellent. Um, International Skeptics Day. Well. Hand up. That's me. Uh, I feel like I, <laughs> I, I thought feel like of you when I read that one. Just about, yeah, just about every uh, statistic I read, I'm like, hmm, like, cause, you know, so <laughs> I feel like I have to investigate. Oh, yeah, Oregon has 18 sacks, but how many were against, against Colorado? Parker, putting so, you on the spot here, what are you skeptical about in your life? Could be anything, could be sports, could be anything. Oh, uh, the thing I'm most skeptical about is, uh, Probably uh, gonna have to be Michigan and whether they're for real this year. I'm skeptical. <laughs> that's a that was a very self-serving take. That's an <laughs> annual occurrence, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's definitely an annual occurrence. Uh, you can always earmark me for uh, being skeptical. But, but this year, I mean, right around Halloween, and my my skepticism just grows of the, that team up north. Has nothing to do with my college football allegiance or anything. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't even know who their rival is. <laughs> All I right. respect it. There we go, Mike. What are you skeptical about? I'm skeptical about uh, Parker's Heisman list and having. Uh, 
Jane Daniels won. Guys, broaden your horizons here. Like, are you skeptical about, you know, gas station pizza or, you know, like, come, come on, work with me here. We, we just talked hey, about sports hey, for almost well, two hours. I could talk about sports for 25 hours a day. <laughs> well, shit, that's why me and Mike are here because we kept doing that. We're like, we should get paid for this. Hasn't hasn't worked out yet, but, you know. Um, let's see. Oh, we do. Yeah, we do have to get this in under the two hour mark uh, because we're uh, we're going to be on cat TV. We're going to be on TV, man. <laughs> um, let's see. So uh, this day in 1943, uh, excuse me, tomorrow, tomorrow in 1943, Italy declared war on Germany. Just kind of a funny thing. Uh, have either of you guys seen Parks and Rec? Yes, love Parks and, and Rec. The, oh, yes. and the, you know how uh, what's his name? Um, you know, Amy Poehler's uh, yeah, boyfriend. Yeah. He, he loves calzones, and then like one gets him sick, and he's like, "The calzones betrayed me." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I keep thinking of that because like I, I yes. keep thinking of that scene. Like, yeah, so the Italy Italy declaring war on Germany. I mean, anything bad happening to Germany in World War II is funny. So that's good great stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on to October fourteenth, which is Saturday. It is National Dessert Day. Favorite dessert, Mike? Go. Big cheesecake guy recently. Okay, like. Uh, you want strawberries, cherry? With I, I can go traditional Oreo, chocolate, Oreo. Pumpkin. Yeah. When I was out in Phoenix, there was this place that just did cheesecakes, and they did them extremely well. You could just buy it by the slice. All right. So good. Parker. Cheesecake. Parker, go. I have to. If we're just being just like regular dessert, chocolate chip cookie. I love a good chocolate chip cookie. Don't classic. Mess, don't mess but with it, a classic. Nah, but if we're being specific, uh, there's a pizza place in Troy, New York that has a hangover cake, and it is to die for. Yeah, DeFazio's. Very, very good. Shout out DeFazio's. Okay. All right. Well, What's yours? Oh, me? Uh, probably, like, my mom makes, like, really good strawberry rhubarb pie, like, for Thanksgiving. Mm. And it's, like, it's that th- it's like that kind of thing where you only get it once a year, so it, you it's know, the right I mean, amount. Yeah. Yeah, no, you I know what you. I'm saying? Um, all right. Uh, let's see. And also, guys, oh, yeah, be bald and be free day. I mean, I just shaved my head not too long ago. Now I need a fucking haircut, but like, supercut sucks, guys. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I'll call them. They open at nine or 10. I think they open at 10. And I'll call them at like 10 20, and they're like, nope, sorry, we're full. Like, yeah, we can get you in at 5 30. Like, what the f- Are you kidding me? <laughs> but, you, but you can't make an appointment ahead of time. So I like, I need to find a new place to get a haircut. Yeah, man. I've been, I've been bouncing around like three different barbers ever since I moved out here. And I just can't lock one down consistently that I like. And uh, just, it's, it's been tough. Not yeah. finding a barber is, is a tough thing. Anyway, it, like when, when I was in the Marines, I could just go to the barber shop. First of all, it was fucking a seven dollar haircut. Give the guy a three dollar tip. I'm in and out in five ten minutes. It's I don't beautiful. have to. T- I don't have to talk to him. He doesn't. He doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> like, and I just I can just go. Like, I miss that. And like, there's nothing like that around here. But you know what? I should at the very least I should be supporting a small business. So be better, Tori. My bad. Um, also, um, October fourteenth. Just an amazing day for um, toxic masculinity, you know, like, like, fuck yeah, man, right? First of all, 1947, Chuck Yeager, American hero, um, fucking shot down 13 German planes, then got shot down himself, but evaded capture. And that's awesome. Uh, we, with the help of the French resistance. And yeah, and that, so first of all, American hero in World War II. Second of all, broke the fucking sound barrier. Like, Nobody knew what was going to happen. Like, like they were like, yeah, yeah the like, plane, the plane might explode. We don't know. Like, it, it might just disintegrate. 
And he was like, I'm might, game, whatever. You might just fail, cease to exist in a, so, in a moment's notice. So I don't really like, and the plane was pretty small, so I don't really know how they fit his balls in, but yeah, it, it worked out. So um, 1912, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, along that, along that, that tack, um, he got shot like hours before he was going to give a fucking speech, like campaign speech, I believe. Yeah, that's what it was. The guy shot him because... He, any man that's running for a third term deserves to be shot. That's what the fucker said. Um, and Teddy Roosevelt had a uh, his eyeglasses case and his speech. Right. And that stopped the bullet because apparently the guy had the pussiest gun ever. And it, anyway, was, it was 1912. Was he, was he rolling with a musket at that point? Or? I, I mean, I think guns still fucking worked, <laughs> but you know what? It, whatever. It's fucking Teddy Roosevelt's fucking manhood stopped it is what it did. And then, yeah, and so then at the speech, he pulled it out with blood on it. It was like, it takes more than this to kill a bull moose. <laughs> like, again, so. What a quote. I, I don't, like, it, he must have been grumpy because he was dragging it around those enormous balls. I don't know. Um, so, and then Wayne Gretzky broke the points record in 1989. Broke, uh, speaking of another fucking man, Gordy Howe, but he broke Gordy, Gordy Howe's record. Guys, you know, Wayne Gretzky has more assists than anyone else has points in the NHL. I did not know that. And you know what's crazy? Last night, and, uh, uh, did you did you not know that either, Parker? Hand up. Um, I know nothing about hockey. That's hey, that's okay. We're all going to learn together. That's because because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> and it, dude, and it was bizarre. Like it's weird seeing Gretzky. Uh, it it, it kind of would have been like seeing Brady in the booth. Which uh, is this ever going to happen now? I know, seriously. But Gretzky was up. He's one of the analysts. Yeah, he's he, yeah. He's, no, I do know that he's uh, he's on with Paul Bizanet and a couple other guys. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, yeah, they usually bring on great players, but not the, the great one. one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, so so um, shout out to him for being like like imagine Michael Jordan on the yeah, TNT crew, like being down to earth enough. To, oh my god, imagine Michael Jordan on the TNT crew. Yeah, so good for him. Oh hope, my god, yeah. Him Hopefully, and Shaq together might be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he and Shaq enough are good <laughs> enough. Yeah, I love that pregame crew. Um, in uh, October fifteenth, uh, ni- in nineteen forty-six, uh, ten Nazi war criminals were executed. Again, that's always a good. Sounds day. like a great day to me. Um, one of them, yeah, it was like Goebbels and and Gehring and uh, some of the biggest pieces of shit that didn't kill themselves before then. Um, 1859, John Brown led the raid at Harper's Ferry, Kansas. Uh, basically, just uh, one of the very last things that led up to the Civil War. He was a, um, a staunch abolitionist and <laughs> led a raid on a federal arms case. He was executed for treason, but um, but ballsy. And, uh, I mean, on the right side of history. Yeah. I just remember there's, like, this painting of him where he has, like, these crazy eyes, and that's what I keep thinking of. But, like, you know, you know. Uh, art art history has a way of kind of skewing your definitely. Yeah, this is a uh, very death heavy, huh? Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> sorry. Oh yeah. Well, you know what? Because uh, then Sunday is Global Cat Day, and we just yeah, put we and then we just put my cat down. So oh um, yeah, that sucks. That's okay. I mean, like if I'm being honest, it was my least favorite, and I know that's was a that, fucked up thing to was say. Was that the one you were trying to give to me? Um, oh, did I try to give you a cat? It was definitely that one. Then yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, Parker, any pets? <laughs> you try to give Mike a um, I don't technically own any pets. I do live with a dog, though. Yeah, oh, okay. Zoe. Good girl. Oh, all right. Oh, and she likes you? My dog fucking hates Mike 
part. I, like it's crazy. Yeah, no, Zoe, she Zoe's trembles. A, Zoe's she, a lover. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Parker, are you a hundred percent sure Mawson's not a serial killer? Um, if he were, that would shock me. <laughs> that's not a. That's not a resounding. Yeah. <laughs> so he's ninety nine point eight percent sure. <laughs> he is not a serial killer. Is he? If he were, I wouldn't be a friend with him. I don't endorse serial I do killers. Not, I do not endorse serial killers. <laughs> I like that take, Parker. <laughs> Parker for president in 2032? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Okay. Um, all right. It's also National Bosses Day, so uh, shout out to George shout and out to Sue. You. Shout out to you. You're Shut my boss fuck now. Up. <laughs> Congratulations. Slow clap in the chat for Tori being my boss. Okay, we're skipping this one. All right. <laughs> I'm your boss at Sellout Sports. You can't use the company computer once I get it. <laughs> In 1931, Al Capone was sentenced to 11 years in prison. Do you guys know what he was? What he went to jail for? Parker probably does. Racketeering. The, the, the tax evasion actually is. You know, I, you know oh, what? Right. Yes. My bad. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, he did all that horrible shit, including racketeering, murder, all that good stuff, and he went to jail for tax evasion. White collar cr- criminal. Yep. Exactly. And Shout then, out Elliot Ness. And then he died. Yeah. Shout out Elliot Ness. Exactly. And then he died in prison of syphilis, I believe. So, like you said, yes, that is that is correct. And then, um, so like you said, Mawson, uh, very death heavy. <laughs> but I mean, all like good. Deaths, no, no, yeah. You I'm, know I'm what not, I mean? I'm not like, shitting on the list. It was, you know, a lot of cool information. But like I think I'm on the record on the show as saying like we have an overpopulation problem, so we got to start somewhere. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah, Nazis these, are definitely <laughs> the the place to start. These, yeah, I'm just saying. Like if you guys don't want to endorse that, but like I I endorse Nazi death. Sorry. Oh, I do too. Okay, cool. Yeah, all no, right. I, I, yeah, no, I can. If you I, don't, I don't really want to be associated with you. All right, yeah, well, all right, right. There we go. That's a sellout sports. That's a sellout sports editorial position. We, Stamp it. We are we are anti Nazi. There we go. And that is our show. <laughs> so, everybody, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Cat TV, for giving us this equipment for putting us. Um, oh no, this one's not going to be on TV. Never mind. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but thank you, if you, everybody that's still listening. Thank you, Parker, for being here. Thank you, Mawson, for being my partner on this. And uh, keep showing up, guys. Uh, It's only going to get better. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me, boys.